Morning, five minutes past four, Monday morning, and to all the people sort of working on the Hammersmith flyover, <laughs> OK, just thought we'd uh, add to that one this morning. Just as we hit the Hammersmith flyover, they decide to put one of their little trucks going very... Took us 12 minutes to get over the Hammersmith flyover while you sit there while a group of grinning ninnies sit there, and obviously somebody had said, let's wave at the driver, shall we, this morning. So they all sat there with big smiles on their faces, staring, as we sat there going nowhere. Nice to see you doing some work for a change, lads. Not, I'm afraid. i got to tell you, the slowest team in living memory. It'd be quicker to bring in snails. Ridiculous. Anyway, well done to Matilda. Seven Olivier Awards. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well done. I did say, on air, one of the best things I've seen. The little girls in it are excellent. Couldn't tell you which one I saw. But I have a sneaking feeling I might have seen Cleo Dimitriou. I might have done. I can't remember. But whoever it was, she was br- They were all brilliant. So, so what they, they've done is they can't actually decide. And so you can't give it to one girl because the others then go, but we thought we was good. So what they do is they do a joint award. And so they all got it. In the same way that I remember when I was on the Laurence Olivier Committee, they had uh, an award. And I think Maggie Smith and Judy Dench and... Um, Francis de la Tour were in something, and they all got the same billing. So, in other words, if you were going to go for Best Actress, they all had to go for Best Actress. You couldn't just signal uh, sort of one out from the rest of them. So, in the case of all the little girls who play Matilda, I think they're all brilliant. But which one would be better than another one? I haven't got the faintest idea, but I think we saw Cleo Dimitriou, who I thought was excellent. I think we actually checked afterwards and we discovered it was her. So, well done to all the people down there. If you can get a ticket, get a ticket. But I think they've got a new cast in now. I'm sure that they will be as good. As good, definitely, because they worked them very hard indeed. And it's a really, really super musical. Uh, it's fantastic. Just remember, if you're over about five foot eight... Try and book seats with a bit more legroom because they, it's a Victorian theatre and there's no blooming legroom whatsoever. And you get very, in fact, to the point of take a bottle of water in with you because for the interval, you, there's no point in getting up and trying to squeeze along the line because there are some, let's just call them fat people who go to the theatre every so often and try and get past them. It's difficult. But they always, you know, are the ones who are the last to arrive in the row, aren't they? You're all sitting down, you're all ready, the lights are just about to dim and here they are. The fat family from hell turning up, and you've all got to stand up because they can't get there on time. You feel like saying, you know, if you're a fat person when you book a ticket, can you sort of tell them it's an hour earlier than it really is? And that way they get there in plenty of time, then they sit down. Then everybody's happy because you're up and down like blowing yo-yos in a theatre. I don't mind it too much. I mean, okay. I mean, I actually make light of it. I always say to them as they go past me, could you not read a clock? You know, which makes them feel a bit better about life. Or, have you not been to the theatre before? That always goes down equally well. Or, why don't you just get here on time, OK? Fatty. Always works a treat, I tell you. Always endears you to the population. Anyway, I hope you had a good weekend. My God, it's cold this morning. I nearly put a vest on. I nearly. But I've seen other people wearing vests, and they're not attractive anyway, shape or form. You know, putting a vest on, it's sort of like, you know, some people say, it's, it's not a vest, it's a T-shirt. And you go, okay, great. Uh, Did you put it on because it was cold? Yes, I put it on because it was cold last night. Yesterday morning was frozzy poos. It was absolutely freezing. I sort of woke up and I sort of went outside and I went, cool, blimey, intake. Because I had lunch with my brother yesterday. So, in fact, over this weekend, I've done nothing but eat. I'm small wonder. I mean, I'm, I'm the size of a whale this morning. It's ridiculous. Friday night, I was eating out in town, which was very nice. Saturday, I was eating out twice. Well, it's just really ridiculous. You know, lunchtime and evening, it's just crazy. And then yesterday, lunchtime again. So I'm quite grateful to come into work and not eat. 
because I just I just don't want to eat anything else. I've I've, I've eaten myself out, I'm afraid. And a uh, little bit of drink, a little you know, bottle of Chardonnay here, a little bottle of Chardonnay there, which is quite nice, it's a Pinot Grigio. And watched a bit of television. Sadly, still haven't seen The Voice. I didn't see, but I did... Oh, this is going to sound really wrong, but do you remember when they did the programme which took the mickey out of The X Factor? It was Peter Kay... And what he'd done is he'd put all the bits from the X Factor, all the bits that make you go, oh, God, this is so disgusting. It's so schmaltzy, it's so awful. And he put it, and then they had two couples in wheelchairs. And they took the mickey out of them and all the rest of it. And then, lo and behold, a woman turns up in a wheelchair. On the, it's almost as if the, it, the, the mirror, mirroring of the other programme has now materialised on here. Because this was a woman in a wheelchair who wanted to be a dancer. And it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit like... Have they just put her on there to be PC? Or have they put her on there seriously believing that a woman in a wheelchair is going to be appearing on a Royal Variety performance on the Queen's Diamond Jubilee in front of millions of people? And the answer is, I think they put her on there because it was PC. Whereas I, I just... I, I seriously thought I was re-watching the Peter K programme because it was a little bit like that. Somebody trying to tell me they've still got dancing dogs and they're not buying that idea at all. So, I mean, I'm not... But then I turned over to... Um, I was turning over one of the newspapers yesterday. I go through all the newspapers to try and find some stories to talk about on the free podcast. And, you know, it was all Simon Cowell and how I had a fling with Danny Minogue. I mean, I thought, you just don't talk about who you've slept with. I mean, you've, I mean, some people around here, they do, but, I mean, but that's just them. But you never tell... Why would you want to write in a book of who you've slept with? Why would that be of any interest to anybody? Poor old Danny Minogue, lovely little thing at the best of times, marriage just split up, and then some bloke goes, oh, by the way, I had an affair with her. And you think, shut up! Shut up! I mean, what I want her to... She's been very discreet. And she's said, uh, you know, a, a, a spokesman for her said she's very hurt, you know, as indeed you would be. But at least he didn't say she was rubbish in bed. I mean, you know, which is kind of the old poor old Talisa trail that we're going on now. Her father has said that's, that that film has ripped the family apart. I know, it's made a laughing stock of her. It really has. I mean, it was just the worst thing. I mean, send that girl back to classes. She obviously didn't study properly at school at all. Dreadful. But then you've got poor old Danny Minogue, who now people are going, so you had a fling with Simon Cowell. And what can she do? What can she do? Everything that goes in a book is checked by the lawyers. You know, you're not going to say you've had a fling with somebody if you hadn't. So now people are going, oh, why has he said that? I think it's to make him look really butch. Because the camper he gets with David Walliams, the more people are saying, are you sure he's with women? And people, I mean, even comedians make jokes about him now. I think he likes that. I think he likes that idea. I think he likes the idea that he could sort of push it as far as he wants. Because he's Simon and he doesn't really care. Unfortunately, David Walliams is a bit of a worry. I've watched David Walliams. He's not... I don't think he's all there in the brain department. He's very strange. He dances up on stage with people. Perhaps he thinks he's funnier than he is. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. And then people were complaining to me the other day. They said, Matt Lucas is on everything, flogging his programme. I said, well, that's the whole idea of publicity. That's what you have to do. If you've got a show that follows on from Graham Norton and people have gone, woof, Graham Norton pushes it as far as he can, then all of a sudden you get uh, Matt Lucas on. And Matt pushes it as far as he can, because he's doing this Matt Lucas Award programme where they give awards to people. Unfortunately, I think Jason Manford was on the other day. God, he's unfunny. <gasps> Blimey, is he ever unfunny. So anyway, so that, that was the weekend, and it was very nice, and, and I didn't get anything on the National. I got absolutely nothing. 
Although, two horses I picked, because I had four horses, two I picked, um, uh, didn't run. So I get my money back. I get my money back because I did it within the time span. Because I did it, they, they said if you'd done it a week ago, you wouldn't have got your money back. But because it was only the day before, so I get money back. And I put £10 each way, so I get 20 quid back. But it doesn't really help because the other two horses, or nags as I prefer to call them, you know, couldn't have got round the course if you'd pushed them by their bottom. So that was a bit disappointing. So I, d- I didn't win anything on that. I've still got money on the Eurovision. Turkey to win. Turkey, although I've heard Jedwoods. It's a hot number. I'm telling you, that's going to be played in all the hip clubs. That Jedwoods song is like... It's good. I don't know who it is singing, but it's, it's got Jedwoods' name on it. But somebody else has auto-tuned them in a thing, because we know they can't sing because they're flat as pancakes. But they're obviously now selling the image. And for the umpteenth time, Jedwood have started taking their clothes off. Now, it's, it's not an attractive look, whichever way you, you, you go, uh, because they're both a bit skinny. They're both a bit sort of pale. They look a bit like milk bottles, poor souls. But, uh, and then the other thing, which everybody was talking about overnight, was the smoking. And now the government are proposing to do cigarettes in plain packets. Well, I'm furious. I don't smoke. But the whole idea of having cigarettes in a box that was identifiable was to prove to people you could afford to smoke decent cigarettes. As opposed to these coffin nails, which come in other packets. So when I used to smoke Dunhill International... I smoked Dunhill International because I liked the taste of Dunhill International. And, and I, I, I quite liked the idea that people looked and go, oh, you can afford to smoke Dunhill International. I went, yeah, but that's all I smoked. Occasionally, I would, I would go down a notch and go to Rothmans. And if I had a cold, I'd probably smoke something like Sam Moritz, because it was, it was a menthol cigarette. And that was quite, but the idea of putting them in plain packets, who wants to buy a plain packet? I went into, where did I go the other day? Waitrose. And they've got all theirs covered up now, so you have to ask the women for... They're so slow in Waitrose and Twicken. I mean, God knows. I mean, you could, you could grow a beard waiting to be served in there. They are so, so slow. But, uh, but you, so it gives you a chance to admire the ceiling, you know, look at the floor and look at the speed of the checkout assistants. Quite clearly, they don't have a policy of racing through. It's like, hmm, can I have a bag, please? Um, 10p bag? Uh, bag, bag for life? Bag, oh, just give me a bag, for God's sake. Really, it's awful. But I bought loads of plants at uh, Squires yesterday, all ready for putting in the tubs, planted up, put all the stuff in, haven't done them, hardening them off a little bit, and then hopefully today I shall manage to do that. But all this week, it's come all over the place this week, all over the place. Doctor's appointments, hospital, this, that. And all of a sudden, I'm now trying to fit it in, and now, because some in-conversations have come in, I'm having to reschedule things, which is proving to be a tad embarrassing. Quarter past four. This is LBC Night. 16 minutes past four. Do you love it when people say, all oh, my friends went out on Saturday? And you think to yourself, you haven't got any friends. You haven't got any friends. You know, it's, it's, people automatically think that if, if you do a house share, in London it's very popular, there'll be some of you listening at the moment who can't afford to have a place by yourself, so you have to share with other lowlifes. OK, and that's where, you know, somebody's eating my beans. Who's eating my beans? Come on, somebody nick the beans. There's no bread left, all this kind of stuff. So you share... And they magically think that these people are their friends. They're not their friends. They're not their friends. They can't be their friends when they just say bye and they go out for the night and they leave you all by yourself. So you've got the whole house and the doors creak and, you know, and it's cold. And you go, right, so they've all gone out and they're all having a good time. What am I going to do? I'll watch the television. So you sit there in a darkened room with a flickering screen, pretending that all your friends are really going... Do you think we should have invited him out or her out tonight? And they go, no, because they're really boring. And so you sit there by yourself, so they're not your friends. 
Okay. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So, about, about the smoking thing, I have to be honest, I would feel cheated. Oh, I felt cheated about petrol. I put petrol in the other day. God, changing the subject. One forty nine. I paid a litre. One forty nine point nine at a new Shell garage that's opened up in Twickenham. It's on the site of an old Shell garage. And all they've done is they've just done it up and shoved the prices up. One forty. I shan't be going there ever again. One forty nine. It's nothing short of daylight robbery, as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I'm determined not to be mean about petrol, but I think that's just ripping the public off. It hasn't gone up in price. There's no world shortage of petrol. They've just put it up to rip you off further. That's all it is. One forty nine. Oh, I did feel angry. Very cross. Uh, Nicky from Rochdale. You poor soul. I have to say, Steve, everything you say is spot on. Well, we're never wrong. I mean, you know, you can you can argue the toss, but I mean, we are never wrong. Okay. Here's one for you. Aintree, the Grand National. You see the pictures in the papers? Woof! Who brought the dogs out for that one? There they all were. The lads of, of Liverpool, the lads and the lasses. You've never seen such bad dressers in your entire life. I mean, do they all catalogue shop up there? I've never seen so much diabolical clothing. Shoes that they cannot walk on. I mean, one girl claims she took 11 hours to get ready. You could have had the same effect by jumping in a puddle and pulling yourself through a hedge. It would have given you the same kind of look. She looked rubbed. Even poor old Colleen Rooney. God, what were you wearing, love? What, where did you get that outfit? Is it a joke shop? Do they see you coming and they go, I tell you what, let's let her wear this one. Hello, Colleen. Oh, that really suits you. You look lovely in that. £2,000, dear. It's lovely. It's really you. People would be very envious. I looked at it. She looked like an upside-down lampshade, poor soul. Well, that was on the actual race day. The other day, she was wearing something else. And, and then she'd put her little boy, Wayne. Uh, no, sorry, not Wayne. Kai, isn't it? Kai. Kai Rooney. God. Uh, in, like, a Yasser Arafat scarf. I don't know what the hell he was wearing. I don't know. It's really bizarre. But there's poor old Colleen, who doesn't do any job for a living. She doesn't do anything at all. And, she, uh, and she's wearing these outfits. And I'm thinking... Why doesn't somebody just say to her, I'm sorry, love, you look awful. It's like Alex Gerrard. She can't wear anything. Alex Gerrard is Stephen Gerrard's little bit, you know? And, uh, and she, sort, she thinks she's glam. But I suppose for up there, when you look at the rest of the field, and that wasn't the things that were running, you know, she looks quite glamorous. But they all have a private box. They don't want to mix with the, the, you know, the people downstairs, because it's not good. But I never watched the National. I don't want to see horses dying needlessly, I'm afraid. And this year, two died. One of the people, one of the horses said he's never going to enter the National again. And I thought, it kind of goes with the territory. Quite clearly, if a horse falls over, the jumps are too high. You know, that's make them a bit smaller. You know, it's like when I go out there, I used to do the high jump. And, uh, and at school, and I've got sort of medals and uh, certificates for doing it, up to the age of seven. And, uh, and I've still kept them, because it's, it's something to hang on to. And if the bar was too high, I knocked it off. When I jumped over it, the bar wasn't too high. And the same for horses. Exactly the same for horses. If it's too... And once one goes over, the other one trips over at the back. You'd be shouting obscenities, wouldn't you? You've just tripped me up, you little... But isn't it funny? Always an outsider. Every year, it's an outsider. So we all put our money on the favourites. We all study the form. And I did study the form. I did study form this year of, you know, whether they liked it soft or whether they liked it hard or whether or not, you know, the go... I mean, some, I mean, some horses like it hard. I mean, they, they really do. Some people like it soft. And those people don't generally get round the course. And I think the going was good to soft, which was OK. I mean, soft is OK. You know, soft is OK. Sometimes in the morning, if it's hard, they can, they can soften it up a bit. They go out there with the sprinklers on the lorries and they soften the ground up. 
Because otherwise it's like sort of ice skating, really, for horses. And they've got four legs to worry about. We can't stand up on two. And so I was sort of watching it and I was thinking, they, they don't seem to have a proper start to that. You just go, OK, now. And they all take off at different times. And then, you know, the jockeys are hitting it. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm really not sure about it. But I, I did... I did follow form and I completely wasted my money. So the bookies become very rich. Everybody goes home happy. And a lot of uh, chavs and wags and, uh, and people with bikes, bikies we call them, uh, all up there at Aintree are wearing some of the most ghastly clothing you've ever seen in living memory. I mean, it really... What these people... When, when they look in mirrors, what do they see? What do they see? I mean, do they seriously see something glamorous or... Do they think, well, I look as ropey as I can do, I'll go out there anyway? Because that's what worries me. I mean, I, I, it's supposed to be fashionista territory. It used to be that Royal Ascot was the time when, when sort of people went out there and everybody looked very glamorous. Now it's any ropey old page three bimbo who goes out there. Anything from the Only Wears Essex will troll up, you know, with a face troweled with makeup. It was little Harry Durbridge's um, birthday the other day. Harry has turned 18. The biggest embarrassment for gay people in Essex, I suppose, we've ever had. His best friend's a girl, and that's that ghastly Amy Charles. And he had his birthday, and the theme was, wear a wig. So he wore a little, a little girly wig on his little girly head. And Amy Charles wore a little girly wig, but then it's difficult to tell with her whether it's girly or, or not. And, uh, and it, was all a bit, it was all a bit naff. They didn't appear to have anybody there apart from the people from the only ways Essex, because, again, they don't appear to have any friends. You know, so I suspect they probably all share houses. Because I'm now totally convinced the people who share houses are, in fact, the sort of people who really want to be in the swing, getting out there with all the people, you know. So when they hear... It's like every every Monday, isn't it? Today is the day when all your friends will come up to you go, at work. I say all your friends, all the people you work with, and go, so how was your weekend? What did you do? You know, and I will sort of sit there and go, Pfft. you know, because you don't really want to embarrass people. You don't want to make out that you've got a really... I mean, yesterday I just went out for lunch, which wasn't actually that exciting. But I did bump into a few people that I knew, and it was all, it was all you know, it was all fairly nice. But it's not exactly rock and roll, is it? I picked up the papers, so I'm walking down the high street, I've got all my papers, and all I want to do is go home after lunch and cut out the papers and find some stories. So I, tra- so I buy all the Sunday papers. I stagger back, you know, with backache, and I go through all the Sunday papers, and what did I find? Like half a dozen stories. There was so little in the papers because it's all celebrity-based. It's all celebrity-based. Ricky Gervais comes in. Oh, can't remember if I told you the other day that you know the um, the the brick woman who thought she was the most attractive, who wrote in the Daily Mail, who, who everybody hates. Uh, she's apparently going to be signed up for one of these celebrity Big Brother things by Channel Five. Who, frankly, they'll they'll put anybody in the program. And of course, she's so naive she'll take it. However, I was going to save for my, uh, for my special free podcast a little bit later on the fact that I flipped on the television on Friday. And, uh, and, I was, and I'd, I'd completely forgotten, because you tend not to turn on the television for something specific now. We don't go, oh, quick, 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 five to eight, quick, quick, put it on, you know, something. So I didn't. I was flipping around the channels. I think I was having something to eat. And lo and behold, there it was, Loose Women. And who was on there? Natalie Cassidy. Oh, my God. I didn't realise somebody could be that bad and look that ancient. Who designed her hair? I've got no idea. Wimpy, I thought. A dress that was so plain and uninteresting, it was to be ghastly. Opinionated. She said nothing. She said nothing. She's got the most awful voice. 
So hopefully she never appears again. Luckily, all the other panellists were quite kind and didn't talk to her either, so she was kind of out on a limb. But she's got this old lady hairstyle on. She looked about 70. It was possibly one of the worst things. And, of course, she'd spent the whole of last week plugging the fact she was going to be on Loose Women and I'm opinionated and I'm this and that. She was nothing of the kind. She was... uh, She really should have been taken you know, off television under the Trade Descriptions Act because she'd lied through her teeth. She wasn't very good at all. And obviously thinks she's got some career at doing it. Please, God, never again on Loose Women. Never, ever again. It was, it was just awful. It was so awful. And then, on Sunday, because she couldn't think of anything else to write about in her dreary little column, she does half a page on her appearance on Loose Women. I could have summed it up with one word for her. Rubbish. It really was rubbish. She then repeated everything she'd said on the programme, which wasn't a lot. It was absolutely awful. And if anybody's seen the Ricky Gervais comedy, this is the sitcom Derek. Uh, He claims the comedy is sympathetic to the mentally disabled. But uh, in the papers today, the father of an autistic teenager had called it the most cynical TV show I've ever seen. Now, is it cynical because Ricky Gervais is playing the part of a mentally disabled person? Or is it cynically the most cynical TV show you've ever seen, because you just don't do programmes about that. If it had been an autistic central character who was autistic in real life, would that have made it better? But it had then turned into a bit of a documentary. I wonder. I haven't seen it. I know that Ricky's got for an awful lot of stick for this. He says it's sympathetic, but a lot of other people are saying differently. Is there nothing that you can't laugh at on the television or turn into some sort of comedy? Perhaps we should do a comedy. Well, in fact, they have done comedies about single people, haven't they? Living in houses, sharing, sitting there when all their mates go out. And it, it was called Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. And it, of course you would like that, because it, you identify with... And it's aimed at people in London who sit there and they've got... You know, as long as they've got some crisps there... And, 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 and there's a takeaway pizza number stuck in the whole thing. And so you can have takeaway pizza coming round. You know, somebody knocks on the door and it comes with free wedges. And you get a bit excited. And maybe a Vionetta, which is a very exciting bit of ice cream. And sometimes you get a big bottle of Coca-Cola. And that's really bad. And then you could sit down and you've got Chris, you've got your beer. And you've got the voice on the television. And what more do you want? I mean, it is, that is a night in to end all nights. The only thing that would complete it was if you had a 500-piece jigsaw. I mean, that would be the thing, which was given away free the other day, the Daily Mail. My, my brother's girlfriend, Marion, collects vouchers. So we're in Twickenham. So she says, I've just got a voucher. I'm just nipping into WH Smith's to pick up my free jigsaw. I said, oh, God, you're not picking up a free jigsaw. She said, I am. She said, I'm picking up a free jigsaw. And I said, what is it? She said, it's the Titanic. So she goes, oh, I thought she's never going to get one. And she comes out with this box. And they've given her a free jigsaw for this voucher that she'd printed out of something. And, um, and she got the free, free jigsaw. So she was really excited. Because I hate jigsaws. I absolutely hate I, I never, Even as children, we never had jigsaws. It wasn't the kind of... We, we had sort of... I had Magic Robot, and we had games like Snakes and Ladders and Ludo. And, uh, and, and what was the other one we had? Oh, we liked Monopoly. We liked Mon- Monopoly. was a good, ge- good family game to play at Christmas. Not much use if you're in a house in London which you share with people, and at Christmas they go away, because you can't kind of play one-handed Monopoly, can you? I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit balmy playing by yourself. Although that's what you have to learn to do if you live in a house with lots of other people who've got a life and you haven't. So that's, that's generally how it works. So cigarettes this morning. 
if you've seen the Ricky Gervais, in inverted commas, comedy called Derek, let me know. The cigarettes are the fact that they're going to take away the branding on them, so it'll just be a plain packet. Seems a bit ridiculous to me, but a plain packet, and I wonder whether or not that will uh, that will put you off. If you're a smoker, they say it's going to deter people from smoking. I don't think it's going to do anything like that at all. I mean, I don't think it's going to encourage people to smoke, but I think if people are going to smoke, they're going to smoke. And you finally think that maybe we've kind of had enough of the Titanic. Do we want any more? They showed A Night to Remember, which was a very, very good film, and there were all sorts of things on there that I'd forgotten about. I mean, the fighting and the, and the captain and some people who just didn't bother leaving. They just stayed on board and went down, as they say, with the ship. It's LBC 97.3. It's Monday morning, and the time is 4.30. News headlines with Alex Stavanovich. Thanks. 17 counties in southwest England. Morning, 29 minutes to five. It's so exciting, it's Monday morning. I know. <laughs> Nobody hates. Everybody hates Monday morning. Apparently, Amy Charles and Harry are cousins. Yeah. I think I knew that. I couldn't really care less, actually. He's a big embarrassment. And, uh, and she's another big embarrassment, I'm afraid. And uh, one here says horses should be banned from jumping. It's a health hazard. Well, only when they're all doing it together. I mean, quite clearly by themselves they're all right. I'm not talking about show jumping. And uh, Tony says, I thought Ireland tried to send out NAF songs for Eurovision because they can't afford the next year's event. Jedward winning is going to skint the country. Um, oh, yes, I mean, they won't win. But the song, as a bit of pop, is actually good. As a bit of pop... It's actually very catchy. It's a bit like... Whatever their song was the other year, and I can't remember what it was called, the Jedward song. It was very good, and they jumped around like two sort of... two strange people. And um, and now they've got this new one out this year, which is good. Ireland are obviously going, listen, they get us loads of coverage, but there's no chance they're going to win. You know, don't go to Ireland if you think people like Jedward live there, because they are a bit funny. But they've turned into a brand... Which is uh, which is okay. Uh, eight four eight five zero stevedlbc.co.uk or oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Anybody seen the Ricky Gervais program? I'm dying to find somebody. I have not seen it. I know that it's about an autistic person who Ricky Gervais plays as Derek. But I wonder, can actors play that, or does it need to be in a documentary form? Mary. Yeah. I, uh, have you I, seen it? Yeah, I saw it. You know, I was right. interested in Derek, and I thought. No. I thought, were they allowed to do things like that? You know, take sort of the imitation, you know, to imitate sort of mentally ill people. But is it, is it, not, is it not the fact that he's playing a part of a mentally ill person? So in, th- so in theory, you could argue and say all he's doing, he's just playing a character. He might have seen, we've all been in supermarkets or out on the street where mm-hmm. you've seen somebody autistic. And yeah. is it, I mean, could it not be seen that he's being sympathetic? Oh, I don't know. Or did you feel uncomfortable? No, I didn't think it was... Uh, I didn't think it would, be, would have been allowed to do that. And, and I found out that there's only one. It was a one-off. Right. Because it won't be on again, because I looked to see... It's, you know, I was so shocked in a way, I thought, like, I'll have a look next week and see if it's on. You know, in the, in the TV times and stuff, and it's not on again. Yeah, I, I think it. that he's actually hoping it's going to turn into a series. I mean, I, I, because I haven't seen it, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, if, yeah. if, he's, if he's acting the part, if, if he's trying to raise awareness of autistic people, I d- I th- then I think it's wrong. Mm, yeah, it is wrong, because um, I don't think it was allowed, actually. On, you know, I, I didn't think it would be allowed to be... You're not allowed, say if somebody was a mong- Mongol, would you yes. be allowed to 
act out a Mongol? Well, I don't... Well, all right, so put it this way. If, if somebody was a Mongol child, could you put them on there if they were without being an actor? A Down syndrome is a word, actually. Uh, no, I... I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's a thin line between... Yeah. Here is, because we had a girl... Uh, who was in um, a, um, a soap years ago, and she was in a wheelchair, but in, in real life she was in a wheelchair, and I interviewed her, and she ah. said it, and I'll take a lot of, you know, a lot of pushing to get a, a TV company to put somebody who is genuinely disabled in a programme. So it's, so I think it's a difficult thing. Yeah, it was a letdown, really. I, I didn't know what to expect, but... Um... His friend that he did Idiot Abroad, he was he played a caretaker there. Right. And uh, Paul Pilkington, his name is. He, he, yeah, he, Carl Pilkington. Yeah, that, that seemed more funnier. Yeah, although him, strangely enough, you know, I hated that programme. Isn't it funny, out of all the programmes... What, Idiot Abroad? Yes, I just couldn't... I, I just <laughs> didn't get Ricky Gervais's humour. Well, he was getting that Paul Pilkington, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just, for some reason, I just thought it was a way, all oh, right, so it was making a TV programme. The only one of Ricky Gervais's programmes that I liked was Extras. The only one I liked, because I, I, I liked seeing proper actors who were sort of indulging themselves, and he was indulging them, and I thought that was very funny, and he made people say things that I cringed over. But I never watched The Office. Uh, I never thought that was funny, the little bits that I saw. I never saw an idiot abroad. I saw all the interviews that they did about it, and I understood exactly where it's coming from. And yet, strangely enough, I interviewed Stephen Merchant, and I love Stephen Merchant. I thought he was fab. He's as tall as a skyscraper. You know, I thought I was reasonably tall, but, I mean, he's absolutely enormous. Absolutely enormous. Mary, thank you for that very much indeed. If anybody else has seen it, I'd love to hear from you. This is the Ricky Gervais comedy, which went out, called Derek. He's hoping to turn it into a lengthy sitcom, or at least a series... Because I'm assuming that he must have... You don't just write one. I'm assuming he must have written two or three of these things and then hoping that it sort of it sort of kicks off and then people take it to heart. But I don't think they will. I think, you know, people are just... People don't want PC in this day and age, do they? I didn't think you did. I thought, you know, we all cynically know that we're being exploited by Simon Cowell and we know when we watch The Voice it's another pile of rubbish on the television to justify a singer. That Will I Am's a bit of a worry. Isn't it lucky though they had two singers on The Voice this week who both sang his song? How does that work with the royalties department BBC? Answer, it's a fiddle, that's what it is. It's a fiddle. It's a programme run by Universal who seem to have every artist signed to them and Will I Am now gets a song performed by two artists so he gets two lots of royalties. This sounds to me like the BBC are breaking all the rules. You know? I mean, how much money did they shove in the producer's hand to get that one through? That's what I wanted to know. I used to hate the uh, Ready Steady Cook programme. You know, with Ainsley, look at the size of my giant pepper pot. Harriet. We all know what he was talking about. We all know what he was talking about. You don't produce a giant pepper pot, you know, without trying to make people, you know, eat pepper. And I can't stand pepper. Every time the Italian waiters come round in a restaurant, I burst into tears. We'll see somebody standing in front of me saying, you like a bit of pepper? No, I don't. Thank you very much indeed. Actually, we went to a ghastly place for lunch on Saturday. Ghastly place. Can I mention where it was? I'm going to tell you where it was, actually. It's, it's, it's a chain. It's a chain. which gri- I've never eaten in this chain before. The food I had was so bland, and I walked out, and I was with Anthony Davis and his family, and I said, would we ever eat there again? And he went, no. Which chain do you think it was, where the food was bland beyond belief? I had, like, um, I don't know what they call it, little ricotta parcels or something, with some pe- It had no taste whatsoever. And, I mean, 
If I smoked, I could understand something not having any taste, because if you smoke, you can't taste anything. It was a branch of Ask. Now, they're quite a big chain, but he said he'd never eaten in there before, and he said he probably wouldn't go again. It was, it was ri- nine pounds for about ten little parcels. There was no sauce, there was nothing. It was just, and some peas, some garden peas. What the heck was that about? We kept, luckily, we actually have decided not to have a coffee or a dessert. But we did have, and we didn't have any, any wine or anything like that. But I just thought it was really bland. You know, the only thing all these places can do really well is garlic bread with cheese on, which is kind of the staple thing you get. If you're a single person living in a house with other people, you think you're friends, because that comes free with the pizza, doesn't it? Do you, want, do you want dough balls? Do you want a smack in the mouth? You know, that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing you have to put up with nowadays. So I thought it was very bland. I was very, very disappointed. And in fact, I did say to Anthony, I said, would we? Would... And he, no, sadly not, I'm afraid. And they expect you to tip. They expect, why do you have to tip everybody nowadays? But I'm now reading about poor old, uh, poor old Danny Minogue and uh, Simon's TV harem and how he, I, I can't even bring myself to say it because I thought Danny Minogue wouldn't, wouldn't do something like that. I don't know why. I just sort of thought, it's a bit sad. Um, uh, Danny Minogue, who Simon Cowell described as foxy. Foxy. I mean, do you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've sat in a studio with, with Danny Minogue. She's perfectly pleasant. <coughs> but I'd never describe her as foxy. Because I don't know what foxy means. I mean, if you mean like, mm, 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 mm. you know, do you want to look at me? I've got come to bed eyes. I say, what? They're made like duvets, you know, because that's the only reason you're going to drag somebody into bed nowadays. But I don't like the idea that Simon sort of, he, he, he fancied Cheryl Cole as well. But then a lot of people with no taste, sorry, with no uh, set blind, um, whatever, fancied Cheryl Cole until she opens her mouth and starts to talk. But I mean, presumably all this has been has been through the uh, the mill one or two times. And, of course, Simon Cowell's best friend is Max Clifford. They go out weekly. They go out for curry. They like going out for a curry. And I should imagine they have a really good chat about, you know, how can we get stuff in the paper? And Max, who's just, I mean, he's brilliant. You can't, Occasionally he makes a few mistakes and he's been caught out. But when he does it well, he can get stuff. So every single paper is running this. All it is is promoting Simon Cowell's book, Will I be reading it? Of course I'll be reading it. Because I knew Simon Cowell before he was famous. I knew Simon Cowell when he was a record plugger. You know, I was just one of the DJs on the circuits. He wouldn't know me at all. But Sunita and I go back a long, long way. Long, long way. Back to when she was with uh, GTO Records in Harleston. So we go back uh, a long, long way. And so it's interesting. I'll be, I'll be interested to read his book because I think he's very clever. I think he just hit on a formula that took off. I think it's petering out a little bit. I think we now know that we're being cynically used on the television. Every time I watched a thing the other day, and I forget what it's called. You have to check it out on YouTube because it, it makes you cry. And it's a Korean TV show. It, I think it's Korea's Got Talent. And they have a, a lad on there. And... Um, and he's, uh, he's been an, he was put in an orphanage at the age of three. And then he worked on the streets. And he's not a particularly attractive boy. He's got a round face with a really naff haircut, which, of course, applies to a lot of people living in houses with people they think are their friends. And you've sort of got... And he, sing, and he, and he tells this story. And so she said, you know, sort of, well, so what, what do you do? And he said, I, he sells gum. He goes around clubs and he sells chewing gum and fizzy drinks and stuff like that. And he's a street boy. So, and she said, but what, do you like to sing? I like to sing. And they've had to put all the subtitles up. And I think it's... I forget what this boy's called, but you'll, you'll find it. Korea's Got Talent, boy. It's had so many hits. 
And he starts singing, and there's people in tears in the audience. He's only young. He's only something like... I know, he could be anywhere between 17 and 20, something like that. But he's got this, this great voice, and... One of the panellists, the woman says, I don't care what happens to you, whether you don't go any further in this competition. She said, but I'm going to pay for you to have singing lessons. And it's just emotional. It's a real role. I, th- I thought I'd, I'd really sort of try and sort of depress myself. His name is Song Bong. Song Bong Choi. Choi? Song Bong Choi. You have to, you've got to watch it. It just blows your socks off because... But it's cynical using because they've got bits of music running underneath and it's all little clips from the mission and stuff like that. And you think, oh, it's brilliantly done. I mean, it's so good. It is, if you really want to depress yourself this morning, go and check. The other one to check out is a little boy called Campus Christmas, Ronan Parks. <laughs> Ronan Parks pitched up on the television. I mean, he is so camp. He's only young. He's only about 12. And he comes up with his parents, who look quite ordinary. He is very camp, very camp. But he sings a song. And I think he's that fish gotta swim. And he then pitched up all the TV programmes. But he then bursts in. All of a sudden, it becomes too much for him. He's sort of an adult up until the moment he's finished his song. And then when he finishes doing it, he bursts into tears when they all go, that was the best thing, and he starts crying. And, of course, that makes everybody else cry. He's very So check that one out as well. And if you want to see some really... I mean, a lot of people I model myself on, there's a group called Diversity, and uh, they, they, they do a lot of, you know, tumbling and throwing each other and people on each other's shoulders. And there's a lot of me in that group. There's a lot of me there. You know, I, I do a lot of that, you know, sort of stripping, stripping down to the shorts and sort of doing the bath. <laughs> Horrible thought, isn't it? But there you go. Photos available and a video very shortly if you're listening to Lisa. And, uh, and that's the kind. They were very good as well. They were very, very good on those. I started reliving all these happy moments. And some of it made me cry and some of it made me go, yeah. I love that other group. I can't think of their... I, I keep forgetting their name. I know they listen half the time. Where there's the Sikh guy and the Greek guy and the guy's dancing doing the Michael Jackson thing. Spellbound? Are they spellbound? And then the seat guy comes on with the broom, and they go, "Get off! Get off! Get off!" And they go, Hola. "It's really good, you know." A bit like me in the dance club, you know. Moves, moves, and shapes and moves, ladies and gentlemen. Shapes and moves. Quarter to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC ninety-seven point three. Very hot in there today. Shall I do an extra button? And it's uh, LBC ninety-seven point three. It's early breakfast. Oh yes, yeah, quarter to five. I said that, didn't I? This is LBC ninety-seven. Morning, thirteen minutes to five. Danny Minogue and Simon Cowell. One can only hazard a guess, can't you? He's obviously listed everything in his book, and that's what he's flogging. It's the book. And uh, he was besotted with various people. He talks about them. He was a, he's very generous to people, but there again, Elton John's very generous to all his ex-boyfriends. If you went out with Elton John, God knows you'd need some sort of remuneration, wouldn't you? I think one of them he bought an ice cream parlour for. It's very exciting if you want an ice cream parlour. Somebody else gets cars, they get houses and things like that, because he's, he's generous. And I think Simon Cowell is, is very generous. I think he bought a house for uh, for Terry, his uh, that's Terry Seymour, when he had a relationship with her, and then he brought Kelly Hoppen in to, to redesign the interior. So they all do really well out of it. Very, 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 very well indeed. Also, the reports of a £3 million cash settlement for her. Small change. Max Clifford says, Simon is naturally a very generous person. I wonder who pays when they go out for lunch. Simon Cowell and Max Clifford, who would buy? I bet Simon pays. I bet he just puts it on the bill. You know, I have accounts with different restaurants and I just sort of, I just sort of say, if I haven't got any money, you know, which is quite normal most of the time, if I haven't got any cash on me, <laughs> right, and uh, and then you just sort of sign for it, which is quite handy. Um, 
Steve, did anybody complain about Dustin Hoffman playing autistic in Rain Man? Uh, no, they didn't. You see, because they saw that as a great acting role. Perhaps they see Ricky Gervais as a comedian, so perhaps they think he's taking the mickey. So perhaps you're saying you can't make it a comedy. I have seen Keith Lemon's new programme, biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen on television. It is just, it's appealing to, again, the people sitting there waiting for the doorbell and the takeaway pizzas arrive. It's ghastly. It's absolutely, it's ghastly. It's, it's dreadful, isn't it? I didn't realise how bad it was until he brought on Mark Wright from The Only Way is Essex as, what a gimp. What a gimp. What does he look like when he grins? Hello, Clary. You know, he's a bit like that. I don't like him. He's got one of the worst smiles on television. Thankfully, he doesn't work that often, which is good news. But uh, the Keith Lemon programme, God, drop it immediately. We've seen the end of the joke. It's, it's the same character as on the other one, but without as much rubbish and as much filth and base humour. I don't have any problem with sort of, you know, base humour or something like that, but I just, I'm just bored with Keith Lemon. I don't know where he comes from, but I wish he'd blooming well go back there. Uh, Jane says, please watch Derek. The programme, see, very much divided on this one. The programme is genius. I think it shows how old, lonely or different people are counted as worthless, but in reality, they're honest, kind and inspirational. I think it was the best thing he's done and gave me back a little faith in humanity. You see, so that's what Jane got out of it. And uh, one here from Chris, who says, I saw the drama, wouldn't call it a sitcom, Derek. At first I thought, what? How is this going to go? Expected Ricky Gervais to crack something politically incorrect. But after five minutes, there was something quite moving about it. It had some sensitive black comedy moments. At the end, I was in tears. Very moving. Thought it was very, very good. One from uh, somebody here who says, Ricky Gervais has obviously been disgustingly disrespectful to disabled people on Twitter. So we know he mu- what he must think of people less able than his perfect self. Not not funny. The man has built a career on ripping off Alan Partridge. No talent whatsoever. Well, you could never say that about him. I haven't. I have to watch this thing now. Uh, Andy says it's very well written. He works in an old people's home. Don't expect to laugh, though. I found its realism a rather saddening reflection on the truth. It probably needs an actor to play Derek as a real sufferer. Sufferer may have tried to act the realism out of the character. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, there is a theatre company called Chicken Shack which uses people with disabilities. I'd be interested to know if Gervais has ever heard of them. God forbid he should ever have a child with autism. It's no joke. I watched two minutes of The Office and that put me off Gervais for life. As for getting accolades for um, for emceeing the Golden Globes, all he did was very rude. Yes, it was very rude. Uh, Foxy. If Danny Minogue is Foxy, Steve, does that mean she rips open your bin bags looking for food? I don't know. We do get a lot of that round our way. We have a lot of foxes round our way. A lot of foxes. Foxy means sly. Uh, Lynn says, re-cigarettes, not only fake and booze crew cigarettes, be much more easily sold by shady retailers. How long before manufacturers make separate covers for their own brand of cigarettes? Uh, Steve, please don't talk about stripping to your shorts I'm eating. Yeah, all right. You've still got the image, though, haven't you? Still got the image, which is good. Um, Apparently... Last week on Family Fortunes, Jane McDonald's family scored 586. Mark Wright's family got zero, says Glynis. I did see Mark Wright's family on there. Have you ever said... Don't they all look like they smoke about 500 fags a day? Every time you see Nanny Pat, you just, you know, you, <coughs> you've got a whole wheeze going on down there. And uh, Mark Wright's mother, who might have very glamorous hair, but it's now all dried out. A bit like her face, really. And they put themselves up on... Te- you know, don't put yourself up on television if you don't want to be talked about. It's awful, really. I mean, it's, you know, people who sort of actively crave publicity and they actively crave the limelight. It drives me to distraction, I'm afraid. And I'm generally quite kind about people. If I like somebody on television, I generally say I like somebody. If I don't like him, I tell everybody. 
I really couldn't care less. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'm only reflecting what everybody else is saying. It's every time you see anybody from The Only Way is Essex, you immediately think, Battersea Dogs Home. I do. I'm sorry. I can't help it. You know, I look at poor old Sam for Ears and her ghastly sister, and I think to myself, you d- normal girls don't trowel this much makeup on. I know because I, you know, I work with a lot of people, and I, I know people who go to clubs and stuff like that. And they wouldn't. The sort of clubs these sort of girls go to, they're ri- they're naff clubs. They're for people like that who trowel their makeup on and stand there hoping somebody's noticed them. They do because they're thinking, my God, you're ugly. And that's what you know. You look at these people. They actively set themselves up. When the program finishes. All their careers are going to disappear, so don't ever think it won't. But they're telling you in the paper today that a fake tan and blusher will tell you where she's from. So if you use fake tan and blusher, OK, here we go. In Liverpool, 35% more bronzing and self-tan products are sold. That's in Liverpool. Mainly because it's quite cold up there, I see. In Edinburgh, they use foundation a lot. 15% sales up on foundation. That's like a powder that you put on, so like a, you know, make yourself look more attractive. Uh, in Cheadle, which I think is in Cheshire, 7% more mascara. A lot of mascara there. A lot of people, you know, and they do that. In Solihull, lip gloss. 20% more lip gloss is sold. A lot of people, I like lip gloss. I used to use a lip gloss years ago. Yeah, all right. And uh, it was a flavoured one. It was cherry. It was sour cherry flavour. And, you know, in the middle of winter, when your lips go all cracked, you know, when your lips start cracking, you have to sort of rub some Vaseline on and stuff like that. I, I bought this sour cherry. Yes, no, no, this no, it wasn't a lip salve. No, this really was a lip gloss. <laughs> oh, yes, it was girly lip gloss. But it tasted delicious. It was really good. And you put it on, you know, like that. I've had lip salve before. I bought all the different flavours. But the sour cherry, and it had a little rollerball in the top of it. It was, it was really good. I mean, it was really, really good. And also, a lot of men now use bronzer, you know, to make themselves look a bit more... I mean, I don't, personally, you know. Don't need things like that. In Cardiff, 51% above the national average, blusher. Blusher sales. That's what they use in Cardiff. In Bristol, 12% more sales of lipstick. Manchester... It's nail varnish. In Chelsea, facial serums. Now, a facial serum is... Um, I don't know what a facial serum is. I'm assuming it's like a face cream. So I've got... I've got, I've got face cream and creme de la mer and all that kind of stuff. Mainly because, you know, with all the, uh, all the, the dreadful atmosphere in London and uh, all the pollution, you know, your skin needs looking after. So every so often you have a little little sort of, you know, heated bath to sort of heat up your skin and open up the pores, and then you put on some cream afterwards. In Blue Water in Kent, facial cleansers. Because you've got to take your makeup off at night, girls. There's no point. If you don't take your makeup off at night, then uh, the chances are it soaks in, and then people just top it out in the morning. It doesn't look very nice. It's like people who sort of have their nails done on the Saturday, and on Monday go into work, and they've started chipping a little bit by that time. And, and, and once they start chipping... It starts looking a little bit naff, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk or 0845 Uh It now seems that Simon and the crew, says Paul, seem to have come out fighting to save their dominance on Saturday night. Having decided to move the show so as not to overlap with The Voice, the press office came out with more stories this week than you could throw a stick at and yet again some interesting new acts. However, it was the start of the show... That really puzzled me. Many years ago, there was a TV personality personality by the name of Huey Green, who hosted a show called Opportunity Knox. He'd been presenting it for many years and was seriously pro-British. 
He decided he would finish the series off with his tribute to what made Britain great and came up with stirring music, pictures of Buckhouse London and a speech imploring the country to get off its bottom and wake up. The TV execs got very annoyed and not only cancelled the show but effectively killed his career stone dead. Was it a mere coincidence that the same week that Britain got talent gets moved, all of a sudden we get what seemed like a call to arms to get the country up and running again? Anyway, act-wise, to start off the proceedings, we had a bunch of gay guys by the name of the Show Bears who launched into the song Sailor Men to the obvious delight of a certain Mr Walliams. Indeed, so delighted was he that he joined them all on stage to perform with them after telling Simon he was in heaven, presumably not the club. In the specialty act section, a basketball-style dance team from Hungary called Face Team, who seemed to take the routine of the Harlem Globetrotters bang into the 21st century. Trouble is, done it, seen it. And the act that will cause the most controversy was Strictly Wheels. To be honest, as you say, Steve, it would have been easy to think Peter Kay had a hand in it. The act was in its own way very good, but the audience and indeed the panel seemed rather uncomfortable. Thankfully, even though the opportunity was there for pathos by the pramful Paula Moulton, the lady in the chair had no intention of going down the route. Two young singers featured Hope Murphy from Essex, but the one who really surprised everybody, a 14-year-old by the name of Paige Turley. Paige Turley. Uh, sorry. At the Scottish audition. So singing faultless, but was I the only one who, whilst watch her sing, took in her mannerisms, costume and hair, to be reminded of Lena Zavaroni. Granted, a lot older when she started. Simon predicts big things. And quickly on the subject of Derek... Uh, It's not new. Being over 35, you must remember Channel 4's opening night and its first play, Walter, with Sir Ian McKellen. Not a comedy, but done more sympathetically than Mr Ricky Gervais ever could. So, yes, I do remember that one very, very well indeed, actually. I remember all these things. But uh, but the wheelchair thing, it, it did smack of Peter Kay. It's almost like they said, can we find somebody in a wheelchair? Because they must have had people with disabilities coming up at the auditions for Britain's Got Talent before. But they've now started trawling Europe to find people, haven't they? So that's why you'll get a basketball act or, you know, where people jump up and down and do that kind of thing. Because they haven't got enough enough people, I'm afraid, over here to make a complete programme. And that's that's where the uh, the problem is. So I don't know if you've seen it. Do let me know. Uh, 84850, uk or 08456060973. A rather silly uh, Pippa Middleton. This is Pippa Middleton. I mean, what on earth she was thinking of? I've got no idea. But uh, she's smiling. She's pictured in the paper today, smiling, and she's holding a fake gun. She takes a fake gun out and points it. Uh, there's a man. I think there's a man holding this gun. She's not, but she's there, and she smiles as Pal points pistol in crazy car stunt. Quite clearly, a very stupid ignoramus, a person of limited intelligence. How to, you know, if this had been seen. And there's a picture of this man holding this gun here. It could be a lighter. But frankly, if somebody aims something like this at you, how are you supposed to know? How are you supposed to know? So uh, here is Pippa Middleton, that's Kate's sister, and the rather silly little buffoon at the front of the car holding a fake gun, smirking as well. And the people in the car are smirking. I mean, far be it from me to suggest they're all a bit stupid. But frankly, it don't look too good, I'm afraid. 84850, UK. On the subject of David Walliams, don't you just wish that he wouldn't jump into every camp situation? 
You know, it would be so much easier not to think about that. So much easier. Right, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a short break for the uh, news, which is coming up next at five o'clock with Sam Pittis on LBC 97.3. After that, we go back into more of your texts and emails and take more of your uh, phone calls as well. 0845 973 So no more pretty packages on cigarettes. And did you see Derek? And if you were going to emigrate, where would you go to? You could tell me in confidence. On FM, with Alan. So what's odd, ladies and gentlemen, about the uh, the revelations all over the Sunday papers and about the paper state about Simon Cowell and Danny Minogue is that it features in a book which uh, I believe is called Sweet Revenge, The Intimate Life of Simon Cowell, written by a former BBC journalist called Tom Bower. Now, what he did, he gave Simon access, uh, Tom access, to stuff about him and he allowed him access to his life, but had been stunned by the depth of his digging. So this is where the Danny Minogue story has come from. She, of course, hasn't denied it, because you just cannot print things like this in a book without a lawyer somewhere going, wait a minute, did this really happen, or is this just a bit of a fantasy? And they go, no, it really happened because of so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. She, she's just more embarrassed that he's told the world she was his new toy. But that, unfortunately, and awful though it sounds... That's exactly how it would be. It was like somebody who'd be very fickle. And I should imagine Simon's probably got a low boredom threshold. He does spend a lot of time on his telephone. He spends a lot of time jetting backwards and forwards. He's always on the go. I should imagine he finds it nigh on impossible to sit down and do nothing, except the night he had people breaking into his house when he, in fact, was just sitting down watching television by himself, which means that probably occasionally he likes to switch off. But I bet his phone is never far away. I bet he literally spends all his time on the telephone, fixing up meetings, doing this, doing that. And that's why anybody who enters his life, be it girlfriend or whatever, uh, is purely there just for a bit of amusement. Because I don't think he can commit himself to a a long-term relationship. I think some people would find it very difficult to commit to a long-term relationship. When you're as busy as Simon Cowell, why would you want somebody on your arm 24 hours a day? You just want somebody there for, you know, for a little bit of... A little bit of fun, you know, just sort of, you know, just sort of toy with them and just sort of have them around. A bit like a puppet on a string, you know, you sort of, you open, open the cupboard and there they are and you let them come out and they dance around for you. And then you go, thank you very much indeed, and you put them back in the cupboard. You know, I love that idea of, of that, that being the case. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything nicer. The idea of having, having to commit, you know, is, uh, is, is not particularly good in this day and age. We've had long discussions about this in the office, about whether or not people really want to commit, and people say, well, not really. Because you can't trust anybody nowadays. I mean, it's, it's very, very difficult to actually find, find somebody who is as committed. I think when you're young, that's what you want, isn't it? But then when your heart's been broken a few times, you know, and you've had relationships, uh, or you've had a couple of relationships, long-distance relationships never last. If it involves any sort of travelling or things like that, it's very difficult to make, you know, you do it for the first bit. Luckily, now we've got Skype. But I should imagine Simon Cowell and his relationships would be a little bit like, you know, here we are, we've had a bit of a fling, you're somebody nice to go out for dinner with, and then, you know, hanky-panky, and, uh, and then you send them home in a minicab. You know, because you don't, you don't want them there all the time because you've got things to do. And so when he described her as a toy, or she was described as a toy in the book, I can quite understand that. I, I can see that for somebody who is very, very busy. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Oh, you're very pleased. Mario Balotelli's girlfriend is going to get married. How marvellous. Especially after discovering all the, uh, 
all the girls he's been associated with. And uh, uh, Raffaella Fico has been dating him for, um, I think, almost a year. She's 24, though, so she's, she's slightly immature. And um, other people here. The voice is set to batter Simon Cowell's Britain's Got Talent. We'll talk more about that on the free podcast. Talisa's father has said it has destroyed the family, this sex tape. Not surprised. The X Factor judge daughter was humiliated after footage of her performing a sex act were leaked onto the internet. Her father said it's really brought the family down and destroyed us in some way. Talisa is strong, but it seriously dented her confidence. I mean, well, she made it. I wish they'd stop bleating on about it. It's almost as if somebody sort of, you know, made it out of sort of lookalikes or something like that. You know, here is a Talisa lookalike and here is the boyfriend. At the time. She made the blooming thing. I mean, surely if you photograph yourself naked... God knows I've done it on numerous occasions. But, I mean, if you want to do something like that, there is the chance that at some point, unless you destroy the evidence, these things are going to see the light of day. I mean, I'm quite sure, unless she was particularly stupid, she never made this film with the intention of it being shown anywhere. But what was the point of making it, then? Why would you want to photograph yourself? It's like, you know, me photographing myself having a shower, and then it gets leaked onto the internet. Actually, do you know, that is the way forward, I've decided, actually. I think that's definitely... I could do myself tomorrow having a shower. And inadvertently, the shower curtain could just drop to the ground and I could pretend I didn't notice. I mean, that could be... I'm thinking of ways around this, actually. I must, must phone Max Clifford later on to see if we can get something going on this one. I like the idea that there could, there could be money going on. And I'd need somebody to film it. I could film it. Somebody who'd have to be... And you'd, and you'd have to go, no, stop it, stop it, stop it, and pretend that you didn't know what was going on. It could all be very contrived, couldn't it? I could be wearing sort of, you know... Well, perhaps perhaps nothing, I think. <laughs> what a lovely idea. What a lovely... Well, that's how people get famous nowadays. People often say to me, how do you get famous? And I say, well, unless you know a footballer, you know, it's going to have to be the shower curtain dropping down in the shower or something like that. Or, or failing that, you sort, of, you sort of bend over and your trousers rip or something. I can't think of anything else, actually. But it worked for Talisa. Let's face it, they've never ever said great singer or great judge. All they talk about is that tape which she made. OK. Uh, 84850, uk. Stuart says, uh, It's interesting hearing what people have to say about Derek. This is the Ricky Gervais programme. I thought it was OK. Some funny and sad moments, but not as good as Walter, which was that uh, 20-year-old programme on Channel 4. And that was Ian McKellen and Sarah Miles... Uh, Channel 4 insisted... They had actually a lot of people complaining. 50 callers complained about that Channel 4 programme. Uh, Channel 4 insisted about 30% of them were praising the programme. And the uh, the IBA, which as, as was then the Independent Broadcasting Authority, reported more than a dozen calls, all complaining about the film. He said, I think you're right, because Ricky is a funny man. People might think he might be trying to make fun of Derek. I think he was showing more about how others act around people with mental disabilities. Well, I agree with you. That's what I think it is. Because if you watched extras, it was, he was, it, was, it was watching the reaction of people around him that I think made it work. And I think in this particular thing, because people go, oh, it's Ricky Gervais, he does, he's, he's funny and he pokes fun at people, nobody's ever going to take him seriously as an actor which you probably don't see him as, and yet, in, in a strange way, he is acting for what he does. So that's why. I mean, I don't think... I mean, all the people... We, we've heard, a, you know, from a good cross-section this morning of people who have said that it was, it was very interesting to watch. It was sad. It had some moments of black comedy. But I think he's playing it straight, in inverted commas. I think that's what he's doing. I don't think he's... He isn't playing it for laughs. 
I think he's trying to to highlight the uh, the sort of the case for people like that. I put it on television, but make it in a way that if it's done by Ricky Gervais, it becomes more acceptable. That's what I think. 84850, steve at uk. And, oh, guess was out on the club? Oh, I'm going to save that, actually, for my free podcast later. There's somebody back out in the clubs again. Somebody who really shouldn't be back out in the clubs, but um, off she's gone again. You can well imagine, can't you? Oh, it's a free, free Mars bar with the Daily Express. We can eat a Mars bar now. I like that idea. We can't find any chocolate in the building. Having sent the uh, the junior boy around, have a look everywhere. He's uh, he's literally been opening everybody's drawers, and so far he's found nothing. Because normally, if you actually go, th- sorry, if you go through the building, you you can normally find things. Kind of. I mean, I know I know now exactly where where the chocolate is. I know at this precise moment where a big box of Smarties is. Uh, Oh, he found the fruit pastel in my drawer, did he? Did you eat the fruit pastels? No, just as well, because they're all marked with DNA, OK? We have, we have checked. You, you, you were going to take them. I know. I opened the drawer this morning just to see if they were still there. But I know where there's a big box of Smarties, some gummy bears, some Haribo bears and things like that. I know where all of that is. That is in a secret place which you have to pay money to, uh, to get back. Sour Haribo. No, we had Sour Haribos last week. They were really cool. They were like... Ugh. Love sour ha- Haribos. Um, I cannot believe how much coverage this um, this uh, Simon Cowell story gets. If we, oh, and by the way, the hosepipe ban is remaining. Contrary to what a lot of people thought, uh, the drought crisis is deepening. It's not getting... I know we've had rain, and I know that you think, oh, that's fine, so now it's OK, we can all go back to watering. No, you can't. It remains in place, I'm afraid. 17 more counties listed today as facing devastating long-term water shortages. Apparently in Staffordshire, the depleted Tittlesworth Reservoir is, in fact, as dry as a bone, reduced to just a trickle in the middle. Not going to go anywhere, is it? Makes me wonder what we're doing wrong. The answer being, I think, we have to replace all the Victorian pipework, and I suppose we have to process everything a bit quicker. I mean, I was always told, actually, I don't know how it works, but you can drink water out of the tap in the kitchen, but I was always told never drink water out of the tap in the bathroom. And I couldn't wipe quite work out whether or not they both came from different places so i mean i don't drink water out of the taps anyway because i can't bear because i just you know i prefer buying bottled water and so i have bottled water and i actually put bottled water into a filter machine as well so i filter bottled water because i'm a little bit a little bit sort of anal on something like that i just i just don't like drinking out the taps i don't know why i've just looked at it and then somebody always said to me if you're in the bathroom Never never drink the water in the bath, because you don't drink bath water, do you? Or the taps, and you don't, don't drink from the basin. But I'm assuming it all comes from the same inlet into the house. You've, you've got the one pipe, unless, of course, you're in shared accommodation, in which case, God knows how it's filtered through the system. I think it depends where you are in the house. I think if you're in the lower bit, you're getting the upstairs people's water after they've had a go with it. I think that's how it works. So if you're in what you think is the lovely garden flat, as if, you know, you're actually getting upstairs water. So just have a look at the people. If they look slightly risque, don't drink the water. OK, you go, go for the bottles. And it's cheap enough. It's cheap enough. I think Nick Ferrari was talking the other day about uh, buying water from the Welsh because they appear to have loads of it. So they've managed to sort it out. Let's see why we can't sort it out. Quarter past five. <laughs> news headlines this morning, it's Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Evidence has reportedly been uncovered of a campaign... LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 
Morning, everybody. 18, 18 minutes past five. Monday morning, come on, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. It's no good just sort of lying there going, I'll just have another ten minutes. It's going to take you forever. If you're driving into town, still the Hammersmith flyover, nothing. This morning, we all sit there while they sort of faff around on it and everybody just resting on their shovels. No work going on at all. They've got them out there. What they're doing, I've got no idea. Any other country, they'd have finished this by now. Here, we faff around, don't we? I think people drag it out as long as possible. And uh, it's the kind of thing that just drives you mad, especially when you, when you get there and you think, come on, work. I'm afraid I did a very rude gesture to them this morning as we crawled over there. But I'm afraid it's just the kind of thing, you know, people are coming in, I'm afraid, to work. They want to get there. They don't want to sit there. Bathroom water is not as purified as drinking water. Thank you. And uh, bathroom tap water used to come from the tank in the loft. Ah, that's why. You see, but, um, um, people don't have tanks in the loft. I don't have a tank in the loft now. People have tanks in a, Probably in an old boarding house, you've probably got a tank in the loft, and that's where the water comes from. And then, because I remember having a house once, and it did have a tank, but nowadays they don't, because flats don't have tanks, do they? I don't, well, I don't think so. I'm trying to think, actually. We got, no, we haven't got anything like that at all. And, uh, you see, John says the same. Bathroom, uh, sometimes the water comes from an open water tank in the loft, kitchen water direct from the mains. Well, what happens if you live in a flat, and you don't have a tank in the loft? It all comes in the same... Same place, doesn't it? So, in theory, you could drink the water in the bathroom, but I just don't like the taste of it. I know they've said that the water that we get is really good, and I'm sure it's lovely. And I've paid my water bill, and I feel very happy about that. Paid for the whole year, which is quite... Just in case you forget, because I constantly forget to pay bills. And then you get this sort of rude letter from them saying you've still not paid. John in Harrow on the Hill says Simon Cowell should look to the voice for professionalism and judges who know what they're doing. Well, apart from that bloke from the script, I've never even heard of him. Never even heard of him. Well, apparently, since he's been on there, all the girls like him. But, I mean, nobody's heard of him. That's the trouble. Only a few half-hearted people who go off to these sort of shows where the script will be playing. Will I Am turns out to be a right drippy little person. I mean, not hardly butch, is he? Tom Jones is just doing it, presumably, for the money and to get himself back on television. Oh, I'm John's The Voice. And, uh, and who else is there? Oh, there's some woman called Jessie J. Don't like Jessie J at all. Something about her. There's a book coming out... Which is to, because I think she's admitted being swings and roundabouts. That's putting it politely, I think. Hasn't she admitted being bisexual, I think? And so now they're saying, but who is she with? And I'm thinking, who cares? Who cares? But apparently she's now, she's being looked after because it's all proving a little bit too much for her. I don't know anything about her at all. I've never bought any of the music. I've never downloaded any of the hits, like, you know, because not my sort of music. I don't know what sort of, does she rap? Is she a rap person? No. I probably have heard the song. Right, OK. Right, OK. So I'll, just, I'll show you. I have songs going through my mind, and hers wasn't one of them, I'm afraid. So, price tag. That's, 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 what, it, that's what it's called, is it? Price tag. What an unimaginative title for a song. Price tag. No. No, in second thoughts, I haven't heard of any of her stuff. But I've seen her on the television. She looks a little bit like, um, like one of the actresses in a programme called Witches. I think I can't remember what it uh, what the program was, but she looks a little bit like that. But anyway, she's she's having a bit of trouble at the moment. And then back in rehab is Frank Bruno again, because apparently he's really stressed out. I thought I'm not surprised. I'm fairly stressed out just with sort of watching television every day. It has been known, says Martin, that dead rats and mice have been found in loft water tanks. I thought it was pigeons. Pigeons get in, then they fall in. And they sort of, although pigeons, I would have thought, can get out again, because pigeons wash themselves. Rats and mice can swim anyway. And, uh, and Paul says, I don't understand the Ricky Gervais backlash. 
I'm sure one of his regular contributors on The Office and Extras was wheelchair-bound, so I'm sure he isn't trying to get a cheap laugh. I'll have to watch this show. As for The Voice versus Britain's Got Talent, I'm bored with the ratings battle. The Voice seems to be a bit fresher to me and more entertaining. Next week, trailer shows contestants singing the same song at the same time in a boxing-type ring. Looks entertaining. Could lose 20 minutes, though. Uh, Stephen Harlington says, I live in a flat and my tank is in the airing cupboard. Yes, yeah, I, ha- I had that taken out. I had the tank taken out, and so my airing cupboard is now a storage, and I've just got a combi boiler in. So what used to fill up the... Because years ago, if you, you had um, an immersion tank, which filled up with hot water, and then you could run a bath, but if there was more than sort of one of you in the house, you had to wait 20 minutes. they go, don't use all the hot water up, because you'd be sitting in the bath with a tap on, all of a sudden you put your foot... Oh, it's gone cold. Quickly turn it off again. Now I get constant hot water, because I've got a combi boiler. And I absolutely love it. So that's why I couldn't quite work out why you can't drink the bathroom tap water. I'm sure somebody will come up with that. And the other story, which was in the, uh, the paper today, a great number of wealthy Brits are considering leaving the country. And I began to wonder down... Uh, I began to, sorry, I began to half read in the text. I'm beginning to wonder, actually, you know, where you would go to if you had enough money. I wouldn't want to leave this country. If I had enough money... You know, if I had 20 million, 10 million, what, I wouldn't want to leave this country. Why would you want to leave this country? God knows you wouldn't. Unless, of course, you weren't born here or your family comes from somewhere else. I'd stay here. You know, I might, I might you know, if I had loads of money, I'd probably, you know, buy a place in Brighton, by, by the sea. Because I quite like the idea of waking up to a sea view and watching storms and stuff like that and sitting there eating your fish and chips, you know, of a cold evening, waiting for the ring of the doorbell and the takeaway pizza to arrive with the free wedges, you know. And sometimes you get a party barrel of chicken or something like that. But they don't deliver Kentucky Fried Chicken, do they? I've never seen that being delivered. That would be just a killer for it, wouldn't it? That would be a killer for people who live in shared houses if they delivered party barrels, you know. That would be... I mean, you would just be as big as a whale... You know, eating Kentucky, and they go, and it comes free, this one, with some coleslaw and some beans and a free Vionetta. And that would be... Why they don't do deliveries, I've got no idea. Everybody else does deliveries nowadays. Actually, on second thoughts, McDonald's don't, but then we wouldn't want McDonald's, would you? And uh, although there's queues for that in the morning at Waterloo Station, it always amazes me that there really are queues of people queuing up for, for fast food... And people stuffing... I mean, I have been known. I know, because there's a lady who catches me most mornings. She'll go, what have you bought? And I go, I bought a bacon roll or a sausage roll. Not a no, no, sausage, curly sausage, Cumberland sausage in a roll. And that's quite nice. Well, I'm not totally convinced they've got meat in there. Not totally convinced. But it's, it's this fast food. But if they did take away Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, people would just not move out the house. Because you'd be, you'd be on the phone. Hello? Uh, party barrel? Oh, there's a special offer, is there? Buy one, get one free. Yeah, we, yeah, we have have the party barrel, please. Did you do wedges? You can see that now, can't you? Then ding dong, and they, they deliver you a big, a big barrel of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Keep everybody happy, I suppose. But that that is the problem that you know people nowadays are eating all the wrong food, and that's why because we can't be bothered to cook. Nobody can be bothered to cook. You either go out to eat. And sometimes it's hit and miss, like it was with us on Saturday morning. Or failing that, you have to throw something together. I do know people that cook, and they're very good at cooking. But I just tend to rely on the supermarkets for coming up with stuff. And if I moved abroad, you wouldn't be able to get all your favourite things. You know, like... Well, exactly. I mean, how would you cope? You know, you're in the middle of Sri Lanka and you're looking for an M&S. Yeah, you're not going to find it, are you? It's all right if you go to America, but I wouldn't want to live in America. I know people that divide their time between here... 
and the States. And I think, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. There's so many places that you can see here. There's a, there's a lovely woman in the paper today. Her name is Alice Bannum. What is her secret to a long life? She's 100, I'll tell you that. She's 100. What do you think is her secret for a long life? It's not alcohol. Not whis- I've just been invited, incidentally, to a, an Indian wedding in um, April, May. And 900 people are going. Because you don't go to a small Indian wedding. I mean, they're all... It's like the entire country descends. And so I've got, got to mention it to my friend Lynn. Because she likes a bit of Indian food. And apparently there's a whole marquee just full of the food. Can't wait. Like a bit. I could eat, I could eat something now, actually. But what does, what does Alice eat? She's 100 years old. And people have said, you need to eat your five a day. But she's 100. All right, she's a rarity. She eats chocolate. She eats chocolate. She's addicted to chocolate. And she gorges in it by the barrel load. She had a birthday the other week. She's obviously got a very, very sweet tooth. She said, I wouldn't touch carrots. Well, to be honest with you, given the choice, carrots or chocolate, you know. Although I did have some ice cream once from a place, and it was made with carrots. And I think it's in Thai restaurants. They make ice cream. There's a name for it, and it's made with, with carrots. But you'd never know it was carrots. It doesn't taste like carrots, and they do something to it. It's absolutely delicious. But anyway, she had her daughter and her son. So she's 100. The daughter is 74, and her son's 70. Really, it's impossible, does it? And uh, she eats chocolate. Are you addicted to chocolate? I do know people. I gave my brother and his girlfriend three boxes of chocolates the other day because I had them in the boot of the car. And uh, tomorrow I've got an in conversation to do it, and I'm going to bring in a box of chocolates, which I've got in the boot of the car, which is, it, it looks delicious. <laughs> I can't eat them. I might just have one or something, but the rest of them look absolutely gorgeous. And so um, we'll do that tomorrow. But if you're addicted to chocolate, I'd love to know, how much chocolate do you eat and which particular ones are you eating? Because some people like proper chocolate, as they call it, and some people like the Cadbury's fruit and nut or dairy milk. I used to like one which was like crackle. It was You bit into this, I think it was chocolate or something like that. I used to like an aero and then there was this other one, and it, it, it sort of shattered in the middle. It might have been peppermint something. I can't remember what it was. Dairy milk, milk tray has fallen out of favour with women. And yet, you see, that's the one I like. That's the bar of chocolate that looks like it's got chocolates on the shape of it, and you break off bits and pieces. Not as good as Kentucky Fried Chicken, though, is it? Let's face it. I mean, yeah. Given the choice at this time of the morning, would you rather have a bar of chocolate or a barrel load of Kentucky Fried Chicken? Kentucky Fried Chicken is going to win hands down. Not eat the chicken, just eat the coating. I bought some chicken the other day from M&S, and it was, I can taste it now, it was absolutely delicious. It was, I just put it in my halogen oven, and it crisped up deliciously. It was like I'd made my own Kentucky. Clever was I. Some people would rather have fruit. Well, you know, well, sorry about that. You see, I can't get excited about an apple. I cannot eat an apple. I look at them. Some people bring them in the morning, say, five a day, you know, and I always think, it's very nice, but... It just makes me cringe, Apple. I don't know why. Isn't that funny? Certain fruit. I could eat grapes, but they send me round the twist. You know, the sugar content is so high. Strawberries are not very good at the moment. They're all the El Santa ones from Spain, and they're, they're a little bit tasteless, I'm afraid. I do like mango. Big fan of mango. Big fan of melon. I like melons. Boy, love melons. And uh, honeydew or, uh, or anything at all, really. And, but apples, I can't, I can't be doing with. And I can eat tangerines or anything that peel. Once you can get pull, pull the skin off, I'm really, really happy with those. But, uh, but the rest of an apple, no, thank you. But if you're addicted to chocolate, not bananas either. I'm not unless unless it's toffee banana in a Chinese restaurant. 
They do toffee banana and toffee apple, and that's the only way I can eat it. I love that. So if you eat chocolate, which have you favoured the same brand over the years? 0845 or... Are you one of these people, you just don't really care what it is, you just want to eat it, OK? We'll take a short break, we'll have the, uh, the news headlines coming up, and then we'll take some more of your uh, texts and emails and calls, 0845 6060 98850, or steve at uk. If you've just woken up, we've been here for ages, where have you been? It's LBC 97.3, the time now 5.30. Morning, 27 minutes to six. Monday morning. If you want to see what Jessie J. Steve can do uh, live, track down her Glastonbury set from 2011 when she performed Price Tag, having broken her owl ankle. She's a trooper, very talented, says Paul. I just don't like her image. I, just, there's some, I don't know what it is. You know some people you look at? You look at Kylie Minogue and you get, oh, Kylie Minogue. Or you look at Jedward, you go, oh. uh, you know, you look at very other. Something about Jessie J. I don't know. Can't quite put my finger on it. I've no idea about her. Valerie. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Morning. I'm very good indeed. Good, let's, good. let's talk food. Let's talk food. Oh, chocolate. Well. Chocolate. So, are you, a, are you a chocolate aficionado? I am absolutely so. And you may or may not... Well, actually, I think um, someone of your reading would have heard of these. They're called Leonidas. Leonidas. Handmade Belgian chocolate. Oh, right. To die for. From, from where? From Belgium. Oh, yes, yes, I gathered that. I mean, where'd you get them from in this country, you <laughs> fool? <laughs> um, well, there, there are select stores. I don't know how many there are, but there's one in Ealing, thankfully. Right. Um, are they very expensive? Very, very expensive. Oh, right. How expensive is expensive? Let's say one chocolate, just one tiny singular chocolate, yeah. is 81 pence. One chocolate? One chocolate. Blimey. 81 pence. Oh. 81 Oh, it's doable, though. It's doable. Yes, but the thing is, I only tend to indulge Christmas, birthday, Easter. Wow. What willpower. I know, because I, I, introduced, I introduced a friend of mine who's quite, got quite an addictive personality to these chocolates. Mm. And I wondered, when I went with him a few months later to the, um, to the shop and the lady was like, Hi, how are you doing? And, and gave him his favourite selection. And I thought, but... He's not been here. Before. He's, been here <laughs> He's been before. He was going every week. Oh, really? <laughs> and he what? didn't like to say. He said, "I think I've got a problem. I have to see somebody." I, I know a lady who runs the House of Chocolate in Richmond, and all she sells is chocolates. And and I, I go in there, and then there's a, then there's a chocolatier around the corner. But a friend of mine goes to a place in Brighton where they do. I don't know whether it's green and black's chocolate or whether it's somebody else's, but it's, it's got a different content of chocolate on the outside. So it will say 40%, 50%, 60%. Right. And she likes real chocolate. And she, and she will spend a few pounds on a bar. Well, the thing is, people, I've said to people before, what would you like? What chocolate would you like? I want to get chocolate. I said, you don't understand. It has to be Leonidas. Handmade Belgian chocolates. They go and they get me the Thornton type thing or in a yes. packet. And I, no, no, no. Not, no it's, it's, it's not the same, is it? No. And said, but, but it's Belgian chocolate. No, it's not the same. And is, this, is, is this filled chocolate or is it just chocolate? It, it's actually, um, they're filled with things like fresh cream, oh. Quantro. Oh, um, Ooh, Quantro, like, really? Oh, how Quantro, nice. Um, oh. Cherry brandy, all types. Oh, my and God. And they've got some, um, oh, any kind of liqueur you could think of. I'm not a drinker myself. But no, no, me neither. <laughs> Heavens above. 
spill most of it. <laughs> I've, I've been known to just bite the heads off liqueur chocolate, just drink the contents. Oh, I think that's very, ooh. very pleasing. Having said that, my favourite chocolates from um, abroad, my mum my mum does these booze cruise things um, to France, and Mon Cherie. Oh, are those yeah. the cherries? Yes. Oh! Oh! And they only do them over here at Christmas time. Yes! And even, they don't even do them at Christmas anymore. They do them as part of a Ferrero Rocher type. Yes. All you can eat. For, no, thank you. I don't want that. No. I want my Montserrat, but they don't do them anymore like that. Oh, I remember those. In fact, the, in fact, I tell you what you need to do. You need to get the Lakeland catalogue. Lakeland? Lakeland. Oh. Because they do everything. But at Christmas time, they do all the... Um, the chocolates and the dipped, and they do the the cherries in kirsch in chocolate. Oh, oh I tell you, <laughs> two of those, ah, sorted. Ooh, Your well, life could be complete. Well, Easter time, I bought this selection. I said, have you got any special offers? Because they sometimes have broken chocolate. <laughs> oh, you're cheap as well now. <laughs> have you got any well, special offers? <laughs> you know something, when you're on benefits, a bargain <laughs> is a bargain. Oh, listen, <laughs> I know people that now scour the internet for the vouchers. Really? You can find them everywhere. I will not tell you who it is, but I, a friend of mine went out the other day to a, a dinner in a London um, hotel, and they laid on a Titanic dinner. It was the last meal as eaten on the Titanic, recreated modern time, and the price was £55 per person. But with a voucher which he got, it became £25. You can trawl the internet and find vouchers for just about anything. Whether you can find them, Valerie, for chocolate, I don't know. I'm not entirely convinced you, you can, but, but I mean, if, if you can find things like that, it's always worth, worth getting. I say the other day there was a free, free jigsaw, and I think that was with the Daily Mail. So these, these chocolates, these Belgian chocolates, you see, people become addicted to certain brands. It's like some people would only ever eat Cadbury's. Because they used to say there's, a, a, there's a, a glass and a half of pure milk in each bar. But I'm thinking, but it's a bar of chocolate. How much chocolate is in it? And when you check the Cadbury's ones, it's not a lot of chocolate because we've adapted our palate to accept, whereas chocolate used to be so prized, it was locked away. People would only get it out on very special occasions and they would make a hot chocolate drink. But if you look at Cadbury's chocolate compared to, say, you know, Green and Black's or any of the other ones, you'll find that the difference. It might just be 12% chocolate, which isn't really a lot, although you don't ever want to eat 100% chocolate, because that is like eating a spoonful of chocolate powder in your mouth. You've got, it's uh, All your mouth will stick together. Oh, it's horrible. That's horrible. So you're looking probably for about 70%, which would be very good. Um, the chocolate was mint cracknel, says Liz. You're right, it was mint cracknel. Gladys said, Jesse J's brilliant, and I'm 65. Well, I don't know. When you get to 65, you can't remember how old you are, can you? Just make up a number. I'm, I'm 82. There's a woman in the paper today, she's 83, she's a model, and she said the secret to a good skin, she said, is just a, um, a pile of, of cheap cream on your face and just water on your hair. So that's quite a good idea. I think I'm going to subscribe to, uh, to that one. Uh, it's a dime bar, Steve. Oh, I do like dime bars, actually. And um, <laughs> I do like dime bars a lot. Dime bars are very nice, actually, but they make them in this place now where you go and you have a milkshake and they put a couple of dime bars in and they make a milkshake. But, I mean, that's just really bad for you. That's just really not good. That's like, you know, having takeaway pizza. Jaffa cakes are very good. Jaffa cakes. And uh, another one here. It says, Lynn, you have a combi boiler, so you have direct feed from the main, so no bathing in acid milk just yet. Yeah, but can you drink the water then? So it's the same water into the kitchen tap as in the bathroom, isn't it? It must be. 
But we never... Somebody said, at your age, and you still haven't worked that out. Uh, Kevin says, and a big thank you to Noreen for her texts of support. I think that's all. So there you go, which is lovely. Uh, Simon Cowell, Steve, is raising his profile through these uh, secret affairs. I, I think it's his way of getting back at The Voice, who've trounced him in the ratings. Jesse J does, uh, does rap. Spelt... Oh, right, really. There you go. <laughs> so now you know. Uh, Derek is not a comedy show. It's badly acted. Hardly the difference between the guy acting to be autistic and the girl who's just dim. I work with children who are on the autistic spectrum. I don't see a problem with acting out of disability, but do it properly. Yes, it's the properly thing, isn't it? Uh, Bundle in Sunbury says, Milk chocolate with brittle mint centre was called mint cracknel. See, I knew you'd know what it was, because I loved it. Mint cracknel, I'll tell you. And I'm sure they did an orange crack. Perhaps they didn't do an orange. Space dust we used to love. Not really chocolate. I did like caramac which was a caramel bar. And five a day, Mars bar, Kit Kat, caramel, a crunchy and a twixt. Kevin says, I love my chocolate. Maybe I should have been born a girly. Well, I don't know. You see, it's not just girls that like chocolate, though it is predominantly girls. I used to live above the Leonardis shop in Liege in Belgium. Best ones were the chocolate-covered cherries or chestnuts. <gasps> chocolate-covered chestnuts. I can't imagine chocolate-covered... Blimey, that must be quite hard, isn't it? As sort of centres go... I have chocolate and amaretto tort left over from Easter. It's yum, says Chris. So the Leonardus shop is in Liege. So it's obviously famous throughout the country, isn't it? Uh, there's a branch in, branch in Fleet Street, says Sean. That, that chocolate shop. And uh, anybody remember um, a bar of chocolate called Icebreaker, says Viv? Icebreaker. No, I seem to remember an advert for something like that, but at the moment it's, it's not getting there. M&S do gorgeous cherry liqueurs all year round, says Lisa. Yeah, they generally do three boxes for a fiver, I think. David Hatfield tells me that high-rise flats would have water from storage tanks. Mains water pressure can only push water up to a certain height, so at that point it goes into one tank. From there it's repumped into a second tank further up the building. This can t- well, we, we don't have any, um, any water tanks at all. We definitely don't, so we must be taking direct off. And I get great pressure. If I'm sitting in the shower, I've got a... Um, uh, it's not an electric shower, it's just you pull up a button in the middle and then the shower comes on, and it's really good pressure. I mean, really good pressure. You'd absolutely drench everything, especially when I'm making the film. You know, we're making the film and then the shower curtains go... I could just aim the shower thing at the curtain, then the shower curtain could fall down. And then I could be outraged when that appears on the internet. I could put it on the internet myself. I could put it on my own webpage. I'll put it on the LBC webpage. See Steve Allen in the shower. That'd do it. I tell you, that'd boost up some ratings. People would download that. Uh, Toby says, you can't beat a lion bar as pure ecstasy. Is a lion... I don't know what a lion bar is. Has it got nuts on the top of it or something like that? It's a bit like a picnic, as was. A pic- yeah, a bit like that. Yeah. Because around here, they, they, they're not too good with sort of remembering different, uh, different sorts of things. I remember a bar that we did get which was, I think it was a fries, five bar, and each bit had a different colour inside it. So it had an orange fondant, a green fondant, a red fondant, and something else, and a white fondant, green, anyway, and something else. And that that was very popular as well. But I'm not even sure if you can actually get that now. I'm not sure if some of these things are, are there. Barbara says, I too remember as a kid in Canada being told not to drink the water in the bathroom. Don't know why either. But if it's not good for you, why is it okay for brushing your teeth? And rinsing your mouth. Well, it's obviously all right for putting on your body, isn't it, then? I'm assuming. I don't, I don't think there's any sort of problem with sort of bathing and stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't know if my water's soft or hard. I have a feeling it's hard. 
I have a feeling it's hard because you do get lime scales. You do spend money on, on lime scale cleaners. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk or 08456060973. Let me tell you the weather very quickly for today. Beginning of the week, sunny spells, some cloud this afternoon. High 13 centigrade, similar to yesterday. Currently it's 3 degrees. It's a bit chilly, you will notice it when you walk outside. Tonight, a dry evening, but rain after midnight. Winds developing, bringing heavier rain. Minimum 3 centigrade. Tomorrow, wet and windy to start with. It should clear by late morning, only for showers to return in the afternoon. The highest temperature, 15 degrees centigrade. And your three-day forecast, Wednesday, a mix of sunshine, sunshine and showers, the high 12 Thursday, more sunshine and showers, the high 10. And Friday, unsettled again with sunshine and showers, and it's 11 degrees. And still, we've got a water shortage. It will need to, apparently, chuck it down for about two weeks before we'll actually be uh, back where we should be. Quarter to six. The news headlines with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. Evidence has reportedly been uncovered of a campaign blow. Twelve minutes to six. Having started a new job, says David, I shall be up earlier in the morning, so we'll be able to listen to you live rather than on the podcast, because there is a free podcast every day, plus the uh, plus the other podcast as well. And Brigitte says, on your recommendation, I read Gypsy Boy. Over the weekend, I couldn't put it down, despite some of the shocking descriptions of violence towards Mikey at the hands of his father. This is a book that uh, has topped the best-selling list. There's a, a follow-up to it now, and it's about life... Uh, within a gypsy site, not a traveller site, a gypsy site, uh, by this poor boy whose uh, unfortunate handicap was growing up being gay and trying to keep it quiet. And on traveller sites and gypsy sites, they don't like that kind of thing, even though it's probably rife, I should imagine, because most of the blokes look very gay to me. I've seen my big fat gypsy wedding. And uh, it's it's a very violent book, but it, it sort of tore aside the myth of what went on and it wasn't very pleasant. On Friday, you mentioned how much you hate princess on board stickers on the back of cars. You know, you've seen them, princess on board. I hate them. She says, you'll hate mine then. Agility dogs in transit and dancing dog on board. She says, oh, there's a dancing dog on board. It's got talent last weekend. It's such a fibber. You know that there wasn't. We don't do dancing dogs. And, uh, and Val has bought the Karcher window cleaner, which we talked about on the programme. And she said, it's brilliant. Window sparkling. Love it. So there you go. Nick Ferrari and the team with you after the news at seven this morning. And uh, John McEntee, the journalist with the Daily Mail, have been looking at the papers today. It's all, it's all Danny Minogue, I'm afraid. Uh, should parents, they'll be asking the question, should parents be fined directly from child benefit for child's truancy? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no deterrent for these people, is there? Just take it out of, their, out of the benefit system. Much, much easier. And uh, also... Uh, John McCrick will be talking, uh, talking about the Grand Nationals. Should, should synchronised have been allowed to run? I think what they're doing, they, they sort of worry about the National every year, and the RSPCA have said they might consider withholding their, uh, their endorsements for it because every year horses lose their lives, two this year. Uh, please should get time to reflect. 20 minutes, they say. 20 minutes so that they can reflect on things that they've done. And also... Nick's, Nick's shop, a water waster update. That'll be, I'm not going to tell you where it is. I'm not going to tell you where it is at all. In fact, there's a couple of them coming up. There's also one in the paper today of somebody who is uh, a posh block of flats in Knightsbridge hosing down the pavement with, a, with one of those jet washer things. But apparently if it's a company, they're allowed to do it. If it's a private individual, you can't do it. Uh, thank you to Stuart for sending some items about um, Gemma. From the only way is Essex. It was in the Daily Mail the other day. What a ghastly old baggage she is, poor soul. And uh, Noreen says, really enjoyed the two that remembers me. 
and having Clive back. I loved it when you did overnights and had the chat at 0030 and gave out badges for the first texture of the night. Very rare, those badges. There must be a few out there. Must be a few Steve Allen badges, but certainly uh, I think we, we had loads and the shows, we sold them and things like that. So there must be a few thousand of them, all with different... Um, you know, I'm Steve's little texticular and things like that out there. And, you know, your f- text Steve, it's what your phone's made for. And lots of little, all with LBC logos and on. They're very, very, very popular. Uh, some with badges, some with key rings, some were bottle openers, some were mirrors. There were all sorts of different, on the back of them, but beautifully handmade. As indeed everything is on this programme. Having a great day out, looking after a cat today. Oh, good luck with that one. She said, a friend's moving home, so I'm having the cat. Got to take her out in a cage. You'll have to. Be, be very careful. Very careful. The Lady Gaga ticket sold out in Twickenham. I said they would. Um, and what they've done is, I think Twickenham and Manchester have sold it. Hopefully we're going to see more people like that. We're very excited about Lady Gaga coming to Twickenham. She'll probably pop in my place for a cup of tea or something like that. Between 50 and £80, pounds, the tickets are, she'll gross around £3 million pounds plus for each show. Because, and also... I think there is a bit of a problem. I think Ticketmaster have sold more than their allocation of tickets, but in fact the stadium capacity has shrunk. So as opposed to 80,000, it only holds uh, 50,000 because they've taken out and they're putting a huge stage in, and that means that 30,000 people will not get them. So a lot of people might have bought and paid for tickets, but might not actually be able to use them. We'll find out probably a little bit later, actually. And um, she says, haven't seen, this is uh, Dawn, hasn't seen any announcements for extra dates for Lady Gaga at Twickenham. But I I think they will, because some tickets are going for over £1,000 each on eBay. If, of course, you know, you want to spend that kind of uh, money. Uh, She's going to see Noah and the Whale. She's going to be in a box at the Royal Albert Hall. I've been in a box too. Very, very posh. Very, very posh. But she has seen Matt Cardle. And how did it, where, does it, does, has Matt Cardle's album been released? There was a picture of him the other day on Twitter, I think. He was, uh, he looks like he's going to the gym now. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we're all doing a lot of that sort of pumping iron thing and a bit of boxing, which is, uh, which is very good for you. Ducking and diving, ducking and wheeling, you know, wheeling and dealing, doing everything else. And we talked about the Titanic earlier on. And uh, I wonder whether or not we've always reached saturation point. I keep seeing all the clips on the television. It's still fascinating to see the front of the ship down there. And then I did watch A Night to Remember, and I thought it was a very good film. Very, it's got loads of famous people in it. On a Blackman pops up, and, and people you go, gosh, that's, that's so-and-so, which was very nice. Um, at the tail end of the show, you were talking about Thora Heard. Hello again. And you asked me what became of her daughter, Jeanette Scott. Well, she's now 73, says Paul, and a former child actress. Her first husband was the presenter Jackie Ray, who was the first presenter of The Golden Shot. Second was the singer Mel Torme. Her last husband, William uh, Rademakers. She was living in London for many years. Huge support for Thora after the husband Jimmy died and cared for her. The last film she appears to have made was How to Lose Friends and Alienate People in 2008. And he says, morning to all the Crumblies and thank you to your good self and everybody for their birthday wishes on Friday. And on the subject of Titanic, you may remember my email about the shop in, is is it Cheatham Hill? in Manchester, of the same name, and your listener who doubted my story, Northwest Tonight, the local news show, carried an interview with the present owner on Friday, who is a direct descendant of its founder, Joseph Hyman. I think it's still there to air on uh, the iPlayer, 
for the, for the next few days. I've recorded what, in my view, is still the best account of the story, A Night to Remember, which BBT, BBC Two showed yesterday. Very good indeed. Very, very good. Go on, I tell you, you can understand why the stewards were getting very angry with some of the people. Just get in the boat. Well, I don't think it's necessary. Get in the... I'd have pushed some of these old women in there. Get in the boat. But I did, I did come to the conclusion that the, the, at the bottom of the ocean, where Titanic is... Two and a half miles down, embedded in the mud, must be the biggest collection of jewellery you've ever seen in your life, because hardly anybody took their jewellery with them, because they didn't think that they were leaving the ship. They thought that they were just going to the lifeboats for a safety feature, so and they, and they would be getting on board again. Unfortunately, before their very eyes, the ship sank, so everything went down, so there would be, under the ocean, jewellery, just all sorts of stuff people's clothes, everything, which would have disintegrated by now over a 100 years. But the jewellery would still be there. So in years to come, you know, in, in about a million years' time, when that ocean is bone dry, they will then see, you'll see this rusting, rusting, rusting hulk of, uh, of a ship, and there'll be all this jewellery all around it. I reckon there must be millions and millions of dollars. It'll never be excavated, because you can't bring this, uh, this stuff back, I'm afraid. Uh, Fry's Peppermint Cracknell, says Merle, is what you're thinking of. Hasn't been around for years, and I can't think why. It was one of my favourites, and I wish they'd bring it back. Why do they stop that? It's like stopping makeup or lipstick colours. T- it's not like that at all, actually, really, unless you eat your lipstick. But they, they do that. You'll have a favourite colour, and you'll go, and they go, actually, we've discontinued it. And it'll turn out to be uh, because you haven't been buying enough of it. Liqueur chocolates from Leonardo's are my favourite types. Expensive but worth it. A tipple here and there, says Lourdes. So I'm beginning to like the sound of these chocolates. There's a place in Fleet Street that could be where I'm heading for over this weekend. Two mint cracknell parcels were a favourite. Can only assume production stopped because uh, everybody loved it. Also, icebreaker with blue crystals, but mint cracknell had the edge. Oh, so that's why we've heard... Of, uh, of icebreakers, I suppose. Uh, Sarah says the Karcher window washer is fab. Shame it doesn't come on a pole for outside the house. Can be used on mirrors and floors too for bone dry finish. My brother saw mine and ordered one the following week. So there we go. I think people around here are going to be ordering their, uh, their window back as well. Can somebody explain to me why that bloke who murdered 77 people in Norway is still faffing backwards and forwards in court? They know he's guilty. They know he did it. Why don't they just sentence him? They've already established the fact he's not mad, he's not mentally ill, he has no illness that they can discern whatsoever. He's perfectly sane, as sane as you and I. He's just, I don't know, I was to say he's just mad, but of course he's, he's not certifiable mad. Uh, other stories of the paper today, apart from Alice. Plenty of chocolate is a secret for long life. And she eats, well, she eats tons of it. She loves chocolate. And it accounts for the fact that she's now reached the age of... 100. And what was the best decade? Apparently, it was the 70s. Some say it was the decade best forgotten, but according to a new television series, it's the one which has shaped the Britain of today. Mrs Thatcher, The Good Life, Rubbish Collector Strikes, Housing Boom, Platform Shoes, ABBA and Star Wars films. All popped up in the 70s. If, of course, you can remember. They all say if you can remember, was it the 70s or the 60s? You weren't really there. And... It was the glory days of, of disco, the Hughes Corporation, with rock the boat, oh, rock the boat, over. And uh, Carl Douglas, everybody was kung fu fighting. And all the songs, they just seem quite dated now. But uh, you had as well, of course, Gloria Gaynor, Jackson 5 with Cute Little Michael, The Three Degrees, uh, said to be Prince Charles's favourite group, Van McCoy with The Hustle, Donna Summer with her Love to Love You Baby. We had a lot of this, 
Oh, oh, she said she had toothache when she was recording the song. That was that was a story put out by the media in the early days before they realised the value of publicity. People complaining, saying this is absolutely outrageous, almost as bad as the Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsbourg uh, song "Je T'aime," which was just a lot of people moaning over a soundtrack. Really quite disgraceful, I'm afraid. And um, also in the uh, the paper today, it's uh, it's Will I Am and the Battle of the TV Giants. The Voice versus Britain's Got Talent, but as Simon Cowell has got most of the front pages, then I think we have to hand it to him. Unfortunately, in audience figures terms, it's not. It's way behind the voice who is streaking ahead. I've not seen either. I've only just seen little tiny clips of it. I didn't even see the start of The Only Wears Essex the other day, so I shall have to catch up with that one a little bit later on. Coming up to the news at six o'clock, it's LBC 97.3. We're checking on your chocolate habits this morning. Whether you're addicted to chocolate, like this lady who's 100, she reckons it's the key to long life. And if you were going to emigrate, more and more people are deciding to do it. Where would you go to? Where would you go? Why would you want to leave this country? 0845 6060 973. Weather for today, a bit chilly. You'll notice when you open the front door, or the back door, whichever way you get out, they'll climb out the window if you're a burglar. It's very, very chilly today, so uh, wrap up warm. And we'll talk to you the other side of the news at 6 with Sam Pittis. Morning, five past six. Bringing jewellery up from the Titanic, says Mark. On those lines, I remember the Air France plane that crashed mid-Atlantic. Apparently it's down so deep the bodies are still in their seats due to pressure and lack of oxygen. And so you really couldn't bring up jewellery. But I reckon, because the, the ship... I forget how, how deep the Titanic is ploughed into the mud, but it must be a good... God, blimey, a few hundred feet, I would think. It just, when it hit the bottom, it ploughs into the mud. And I can't remember from the bottom of it, but it's certainly, certainly a lot of it would be underwater. Certainly a lot of it would be there. Well, I say it's all underwater, but this would be actually in the mud. I know it's two and a half miles down, but there must be, there is this debris field behind it. And I reckon there must be loads of jewellery and everything else. I mean, there definitely must be. Oh, it's the Karcher window cleaner. They keep demonstrating on the television. And I'll tell you all it is. It's a vacuum cleaner for windows. So what you do is, as a, you know, normally with a window, you sort of, you wash the window and then you wipe it off. Well, this thing is like a squeezy on the front, except it's got a little water chamber. It's most bizarre. And I watched the demonstration on television and somebody here at LBC said to me, let me know when you buy one what it's like. So I bought one and it's very good. It's very good. So it's Karcher, K-A-R-C-H-E-R. And it's the window. It's not cheap. But it's a rechargeable window cleaner. And so it sucks the water up. And at the same time, because it's got the squeegee things on it, that's how it works. And everybody <laughs> seems to be very happy with it. And they demonstrate how fast you can clean windows. Which, is, of course, is every, it's every woman's nightmare, isn't it? Today, we're going to do the windows. Not very good at all. Um, apparently, says Karen, I've got a friend who is slightly addicted to chocolate, but it's ten times worse during pregnancy. One time during a pregnancy, she had no chocolate in the house as whilst looking through a magazine, came across a full-page ad for Cadbury's and, uh, and, on, and, and ate the page. That's the kind of thing you would do, actually. I could, you know, if you're really addicted to something and you really, really want it, you know, you would... You, I mean, I've had to... When I was addicted to smoking years ago, I was, if I didn't have any cigarettes at home, I would have to get dressed and go out and find cigarettes. It is sad, isn't it? It is sad, but I, I don't... I don't see that as being sad. I call that as a necessity. And if you've got a need and a craving for something, just go have it. You've got to have it. There's no point. I mean, I had a craving the other week, and the craving was for a dessert. I didn't. I didn't care what it was. I just had to have a dessert because I 
didn't have it. No, not I don't do cheesecake. I don't do the crumbly biscuit base. I don't like that. No, it would probably be something like a fruit yogurt. And so I had this craving, and, and I had to have a fruit yoghurt. So I went out and I bought eight fruit yoghurts, came back and ate two of them. And it was, it was delicious, because I could do it. I could do that kind of thing. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't actually sort of phase me anymore. If, if I want something, I have it. It's like if I go out to a restaurant and I see two or three desserts I like on the menu, I'll order three desserts. I don't eat all of them, but I have them as like a little taster so that I can try each one. I wish that they made miniature desserts in, in restaurants so you could try them all and you get a nice selection of you know, a little bit of chocolate ice cream, a little bit of, you know, little cream ball thing. or whatever. I don't know anything, you know, a little ball with cream in it or something. A little ball with cream on the top of it, which is quite nice. Or just sort of cream squirted over anything at all. I just love. And, so, and things like that, with, you know, like a strawberry with cream drizzled over it, you know, managed to get it in the right place. And uh, oh, I love it. Well, actually, not really cream, creme fraiche. Because creme fraiche is supposed to be better for you. So I buy the half-fat creme fraiche. I'm not totally convinced it's better for me at all. I'm just buying it out of a sense of... A sense of somebody has told me at some point it's fairly good for you. I'm trying to get into fish, but it's not happening at all in my life, I'm afraid. I wish I could. Nick Ferrari and the team with you after 7 o'clock this morning. And again, it's the, the story, which is uh, in a lot of the papers today, should parents be fined directly from child benefits if a child plays truant? Now, I can say, I mean, they're, they're going to find people. Somebody's going to say yes, somebody's going to say no. And I think they should be. What is the deterrent for people playing truant from school now? The answer is there is no deterrent. When you have sort of parents fighting at school gates and, um, and sort of parents being abusive to teachers and stuff like that. There is no deterrent. And so children learn from their bad-acting parents. You know, the parents act badly, the child acts badly. Whereas, in fact, if your parents behave impeccably, the child will behave impeccably. That's the theory behind it. Whether it always works like that, I don't know. Uh, I bet Bridget is addicted to chocolate. And she is addicted to Fry's chocolate cream. She said, I gave it up for 46 days for Lent for a local animal rescue and raised £350. It was all very worthwhile. I'm very envious of anybody who can actually give things up for any length of, of time. You know, people say, oh, I'm giving up drink or I'm giving up, you know, pizza. I'm giving up... I mean, in theory, you should be able to stop anything. You know, if you don't actually want something or, or you think, I'll, I'll give it a rest... You know, cooked breakfast. I love it. I would love a cooked breakfast every day. I would absolutely love a cooked breakfast. But I can't be bothered to cook it. So I'd have to go out and somebody else do it. And the, and the breakfast I like, I like the buffet breakfast, where you can go and you can eat as much as you like for 15 quid or whatever it happens to be. And I mentioned the other day, it's making my mouth water, there's a, a place up the road, the Strand Palace Hotel, and they do a buffet breakfast, and it's 15 quid. But they've got everything from croissant to, you know, sausages and eggs and beans and black pudding, I'm not keen on, tomatoes and beans and scrambled egg and bacon and all the usual sort of things. Just looking on the television, seeing on, uh, on Sky, the little girls from Matilda, who got Best Actress Award, they must be thrilled they must be so thrilled. I don't know what they're like away from it, because I haven't heard any of the interviews. No doubt they'll be popping up on LBC today, and I know there was someone last night. But I tell you, they are so good. You know, it really is. It's a cracking show. It's absolutely... It's one of the best things I've seen in a long while. Not everybody is, is keen on kids on the stage, but I promise you, this whoever plays Matilda, and I think it's Newcastin now, they're just brilliant. I mean, they really are. It's, you've got to fight to get a seat for that one, because I think they've got six... Olivier's, six Olivier's, which is, which is almost as good as a show a few years back. Uh, Neil wants to know if you remember the Pink Panther Bar. 
bright pink. It had an impression of the Pink Panther car on it. Late 60s. No, was it solid chocolate or was it a, a chocolate with a filling? I used to, I'll tell you what I still like, and I used to enjoy it years and years ago. Fry's Turkish Delight Bar. I love Turkish Delight. Turkish Delight, with, with, which tastes nothing like proper ch- Turkish Delight, but with, with chocolate over it, it's absolutely wonderful. And I could eat one of those. I could also eat, as I say, dime bars. I'm sure they're really bad for you, but a, a dime bar is lovely. And um, seven. Did they actually get seven awards? Or they were seven nominations? And se- they got seven awards today. They picked up seven. Blimey. Knocked out Summer Strallen. Loads of people got knocked out because the little girl's got Best Actress. But, I mean, that's good for them. It won't spoil them, I promise you. They're, they're, they're far, too, uh, far too grounded, uh, I think. So if you were going to... If you were going to emigrate, and a lot of people now do it. People are, um, you know, people have got enough money, and they get, where can we make our money go further? Hence this uh, film about the Marigold Hotel, where a lot of pensioners go and live in India, because you can live very, very cheaply and live very, very well. I mean, really, very, very well on not very much money. So that's what a lot of people do here. They have a business, they work very hard, then they take it back home because you get twice as much for it. Same, same for Polish people. They're over here, but they're, buy, they're not necessarily buying property here. They'll buy property at home with the money that they've made here, which is, which is much better for them. So I wonder where you'd want to go to. Most Brits would want to go for sunshine. You don't find anybody going, I think we'll go to Iceland. I think we'll go and live in Reykjavik. Nobody ever says that. People say, I want to go to... Uh, where would they want to go to? Probably uh, it would be Orlando. I would think that's where, or Spain, there would be somewhere in Spain that the Brits would go to. Anywhere where there is loads and loads of sunshine and fairly cheap property. And you do get a lot, a lot for your bucks in America. If you want to move to Orlando, if you were spending, say, for example, and it seems ridiculous, but most people now, if you're living in an up and down house, you know, upstairs and a downstairs, you're looking between three and five hundred thousand pounds, even for a modest one. You know, some of them in some areas of London go for horrendous prices. Horrendous. So that's why people would actually go, I think, to either Spain or America. What say you? LBC 97.3. Morning, 18 minutes past six. Uh, front page of, well, so many of the papers. It's Simon Cowell, who's either, uh, there's either the, the, the poor Danny story, I'm not Cowell's sex toy, furious fling exposed, and then he's revealed his engagement to sultry uh, Mizan Husseini was a big mistake. And I said before, I think because Simon is so wrapped up in his work and he's so wrapped up with the company, I don't think he's got time for anything. So when they kept, I think they just had to keep coming up with women just to make it look like, you know, he, he was keeping his hand in, as it were. But if, if truth be known, I think he's just quite busy. I should imagine he's very, very, very wary of people selling stories about him. And so, luckily, you don't get things like that. You will only ever find any of his ex-girlfriends saying nice things. Nobody's ever said anything nasty about him. You know, people say he's nasty on the television, but um, I don't think he is. I think he's actually just being honest. I think he's very pleasant. He certainly knows what he's doing. He's amassed a fortune of over £200 million. So I should imagine he doesn't really worry about Christmas. And um, here is a girl. I'm going to save this, actually, for... um, for my special free podcast uh, today, it's uh, it's a well-known pop star hitting the uh, hitting the clubs again. I'm afraid, and uh, we'll be doing that a little bit later on. It's um, I, I, I have to mention it because it's um, because it's somebody who shouldn't be hitting the clubs, shouldn't be going anywhere near them. 
You know, it's one of those sort of people who best stay away, as they say. Best stay away. My mum, says Barbara, liked chocolate of all kinds. In fact, her idea of a vegetable was a chocolate biscuit. She made it to her 100th birthday, but sadly died a couple of months later. I get chocolate for special occasions, like Christmas and my birthday from Hotel Chocolat. But I'm still a sucker for Kit Kats and Rolos, and I never, ever give my last one to anybody. You can buy a gold Rolo. I think it was one of the companies, like, I want one of those. And they were selling a gold Rolo with, you know, I love you enough to give you my last Rolo. Because it apparently signified... Because they used to have slogans that went with chocolate. Bourneville chocolate was X-rated for adults only. And they made it seem a bit naughty. Dark chocolate. Very naughty, naughty. Very sort of late at night. And I, I quite liked that idea. I used to love Bourneville chocolates. It was very good. Uh, particularly love The Voice, says Sarah. I watched both. Britain's Got Talent and The Voice but started to watch the quiz between members of Benidorm and uh, The Only Way is Essex. Lasted five minutes and switched off. Couldn't bear it. Is that because of Vernon Kay? But Vernon Kay does tend to be sort of a, bi- a bit of a switch off on television. He-, he did something very funny the other. I can't remember what it was, but it was something that actually made me laugh, which is, which is quite rare on television. You know, when you do watch certain programmes, it's very rare that you actually go, ha, 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 and really have a good old chortle at things. But I did laugh at this thing he did because they came up, I think it was the only way as Essex's Mark Wright's family, he came up with one of the dumbest answers I'd ever heard. And even, even you know, Mr K went, what? And you think to yourself, you can't help the, these people. They're, they're so far away from it. Five Centre was made by Fry's. That's the chocolate bar. After this lady of 100 claimed that she'd reached this ripe old age because chocolate was very good for you. It's also an aphrodisiac. An aphrodisiac is something that makes you feel a little bit frisky. A little bit foxy. And so chocolate is supposed to be good. I don't think normal dairy milk chocolate is any good for it. It's got to be proper chocolate, which gets your, your sort of whatever it is going. Uh, was still being made up to the takeover of Kraft of Cadbury's, by Kraft of Cadbury's. You were right. There was an orange variant of mint cracknel. Didn't catch on, so that was withdrawn. Heard you mention Gypsy Boy and the anti-gay stuff. This coming week on Long Lost Families with Miss McCall and Mr Campbell, a sister finding her brother 40 years on who was banished by his mum, his only crime being gay. Oh, I knew somebody. A friend of mine was kicked out by his, uh, by his family years ago because he was gay. Kicked out. But in, in, Big, but in Gypsy Boy, this, uh, this book, which you can buy on eBay, it went onto the bestsellers list, and there's two versions. There's two. There's the first one, and then he's done a follow-up. He, uh, he discovered he was gay at an early age, but because uh, travellers don't like gay people, in fact, they beat them up. His father beat him up on a regular basis. In fact, that's all his father seemed to do. And then when he disappeared off with his partner of choosing... Uh, Arthur Sight came looking after him to beat up the partner. You never heard anything like it. I mean, it was, they're, they're so backwards and so simple. Perhaps they've got no idea. They can't even see that it's going on under their own noses, as it were. But they're, they're dreadful. Uh, Julie keeps Cadbury's Flake in the freezer. The freezer. Actually, no, that's quite a good idea. That's quite a good idea. Because you, you, you can freeze uh, flakes, can't you? There's no problem with, with freezing flakes. Uh, Phil says, I wouldn't mind going to Reykjavik. Nice place to sort of retire. Although commuting to work would be very expensive. It's very expensive, full stop. Reykjavik, I think, is one of the most expensive places. It is phenomenally expensive. I'm not a big fan on the food either. Uh, John says, why don't you just buy a sweet shop, change your name to Wonka and live happily ever after? Doesn't quite sound the same, does it? (laughs) Steve Wonka. Toblerone Original, one of my favourites, says Joseph. 
And uh, I gave up giving years ago. Never felt better, says Jim. Aztec bars, says CJ. Yes, I remember Aztec. I can't remember what it was. But I remember the uh, the uh, the advert on the television. Uh, another one here. Where can you get ginger dipped in chocolate? Almost everywhere. I think you will find places like, well, the House of Chocolate. And uh, go onto the internet. Just type in chocolate ginger. You'll find it very, very easy. Jan says, I like cleaning windows, ironing hate it. When my husband used to smoke, he'd have to stop during a meal for a cigarette. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, with Sam, back in hospital again, four times in three weeks. So there you go. He says, um, can I say thank you to all the Crumblies for their messages of support? He says, especially Jackie for advice and move abroad never. I love Blighty too much. You see, I can't understand why you'd ever want to leave this this country. I'm terribly, I'm fiercely proud of being British. I couldn't live anywhere else. It's nice to go abroad for a bit of a holiday, but I'm not bothered about uh, going abroad and settling there. I find it very, you know, if you were doing it with somebody, I suppose you would. Uh, 84850. Uh, the uh, Leonardis shop is opposite Costa in Ealing Broadway. Main branch is down Bond Street. And uh, and as your friend Lynn would say, delicious they are. Where's the best place to buy an apartment in Twickenham? Anywhere that's reasonable. Very difficult to find reasonable apartments now at, at any sort of price. I don't know how people afford to actually go onto the property market. Because I think round our way, probably the same as most places, a flat goes for, you're looking at 200000 plus starting price. You know, houses just around the corner, 1.6 million, 1.7 million. There's a lovely little house I pass on my walk every day. And it's really cute. And strangely, it's just come up for sale. And I looked at it, and it's very old. I think it was built in the 1700s. It's got a little garden. It's got a little tiny garage. So I couldn't get the car in. But it looks really pretty. And I, I saw it come up on the internet. And it's 1.6 million. And I thought, this seems to be quite... So if you've got another house that's worth 1.6, then you can then you can go on to the internet and find somewhere, can't you? I think, which is sort of in your price bracket. But it just seems an awful lot of money to me. Stuart the Cabbie says, did you see the programme Man vs. Food? I did. This is a guy in America, and he went round to a place, I think in Chicago, and they do beef. Beef, do they do? Beef. And so they cook this beef, slice it thinly, then they take it and dip the thing in the roll and the beef into this gunk. And it comes out... And then you eat it, but you've got to eat it like an Italian. So you've got to eat it like this. And you have to sort of lean up against the counter. So if you drop it, it falls to the floor. But this thing looked like it was just calorie laden. This man eats everything. And then you can have it extra with cheese on the top and then more beef. Makes feel quite ill, actually. Although hungry at the same time, which is quite nice. Uh, so I, I did see it. And I didn't see him eating oysters. I, if, I couldn't imagine why, you, why you'd want to eat that many oysters. You know, it's uh, it's it's quite something. Although at this Titanic meal, which a friend of mine went to, he said the first course was one oyster, one. Oh, that was it. Lynn's favourite chocolate is the Old Jamaica. That's the one that's got rum in it, isn't it? We quite like that with rum and violet cream. Says Maxine. Oh, I love violet creams. I mean, they are absolutely the best. Absolutely, we don't. They're very difficult to find those sort of things now, aren't they? They're not the easiest. You have to you have to hunt around. Let's just quickly have a look at the front pages of the papers, just so you know what's uh, what's going on in the world. Uh, the Sun have got this friend of Pippa Middleton sitting in the car, playing with a a fake gun. 
To be honest with you, I don't know what on earth was going through his mind, but he's quite clearly not the brightest penny in the box. Uh, the Simon Cowell World Exclu- Exclusive has been running over the weekend. Started on Saturday, and then it ran over the weekend, and now it's running into Monday morning as well. He says, uh, I cancelled the wedding uh, over the, uh, the bus stop. And uh, fiancé was my biggest mistake, but, he said, I gave her a £5 million house. And it's what we were saying earlier on, that Simon Cowell is incredibly generous. And when he goes out with people, a bit like Elton John, he buys them a present afterwards. £5 million. It also guarantees people not talking about you. So if you go out with somebody, you buy them a nice present, and then they don't say anything nasty about you, which could be detrimental to his career. Daily Star, uh, footballer Mario Balotelli's girlfriend has asked uh, him to marry her. She must be desperate. And uh, and Danny, I'm not Cowell's sex toy. This is, I mean, Danny, furious after this fling was exposed in this book about Simon Cowell, which is coming out, which goes way, way back, even further back than you can imagine. Daily Mirror, Danny's agony at Cowell's sex boast. She's distraught. Uh, Simon also is said to have said in the book, I wanted a relationship with Cheryl, I just adored her. But then it all sort of fell apart, I'm afraid. And uh, those... Happy, happy little girls on the front of the Daily Mail this morning. Uh, all winning, Sophie Keeley, Eleanor Worthington-Cox, Kerry Ingram and Cleo Dimitriou. They were the Matildas and they've just scooped the board for the Laurence Olivier Award. So well done to them. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. Don't forget the free podcast today will be up just about 7 o'clock and it'll contain all your favourite information about the Only Wears Essex and a few other non-entities that we feel like weaving into the programme this morning. Have yourself a nice day. Nick and the team with you after 7. Coming up next, the LBC 97.3 Morning News with Susan Bookbinder. What sets Petermans apart from other estate agents? 